What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Marvel Studios is re-releasing Avengers Endgame in one last push to beat Avatar's box office record. Terrific! We take a look at why so many major franchises are bombing at the box office this summer, Keanu Reeves close to joining the MCU, and everything we learned from the early social media reactions to Spider-Man Far From Home. Plus... A patron-sponsored review of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the Movie from 1995. Yeah, you heard that right. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for June 20th, 2019. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. Check, check one. All right, this is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Hello, listener. What's up? Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, giving you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And that felty fuck in the corner. That's Rug Boy. What's up, puppet? On top of Ninjetti. Oh, Ninjetti. <laughs> All covered with Zordon Splooge. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> that Zord uh, is a frog. What's going on here? Anyways, you're jumping ahead to the to the review again, Rugs, but that's all right. It's a little tease. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving everybody a little little tickle of the balls. Little cock tease. Little puppet tease. Uh, look, I know it's like really dumb to talk about local weather and podcasts because they're like, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be around forever. But really, what the fuck? It's June in Chicago. And it's cold and rainy like Seattle, and I don't think it's ever going to get warm again. Oh, shit. Like, I just, I feel like Halloween is around the corner. I don't know what's going on. Is this frustrating anyone else? Did you guys have fog over there in Chicago? Uh, we had a little bit of fog in the morning. I don't Did know. We? I, it, it, I don't it's just, It's just been, cl- like, I. it's been cloudy and wet. Yeah, it's been weird. This has been a weird summer. Or well, it technically isn't summer yet. Tomorrow so. is the first day of summer, but I don't think it's getting here. I don't think it's just like every time I open the door, it's like I'm in an Alice Cooper video. It's just like fog everywhere. Like things <laughs> That's emerging. Awesome. It's really ominous <laughs> and murky. Seriously, Seattle, I feel your pain now because I don't know what's going on. Eventually, I I just shut up, pussy. Look, look, I honestly <laughs> think we just need to shift the seasons over four months. Because of How does that global warming that was invented by China. Summer now starts in September. It's still spring right now. It's the beginning of spring. I don't know. I think like summer starts at the end of July. That's what the real summer is. I don't know. It's weird. The water levels June are really is a high. Wash. No, it should be warm. It shouldn't be this cold. It should be warm. Yeah. It, uh, I remember when it used to be warm in April. That doesn't happen no, now anymore, it snows, especially in Chicago. Now it snows in April and May sometimes. Anyways, enough pedantic bullshit weather talk. Uh, I'm just a little frustrated. Let's get our frustrations out by going over some geek news. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. 
tell you guys, Avengers Endgame out of the theaters. Yeah. No. Is it not? Is it still playing? You can still see it. Uh, well, that's weird because uh, their total worldwide global, this race to hit beat Avatar, uh, they're at $2.744 billion. Oh, shit. Right. Just about $45 million short of beating Avatar's all-time worldwide gross. And to uh, kind of help them do that, they've decided to re-release Avengers Endgame <laughs> next weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is this movie still out? So, yes. Okay, look, so it's been in release. I think you can still see it. It's yeah. been in release 55 days, you know, and we've already went over Avatar was out for like nine months or something ridiculous. It was like 200 weeks. Uh, but Kevin Feige and, and Marvel. I think it's a waste of time. Has it not? Well, look. They got to make $45 million. They're going to re-release it June 28th. New footage. They're adding six minutes. Oh, shit. Six minutes additional footage. The runtime is now 188 It's at the end minutes. of the movie, though. It's not in movie. Correct. He said this is not an extended cut, but there will be a version going into theaters with a bit of a marketing push with a few new things at the end of the movie. If you stay and watch the movie after the credits, there'll be a deleted scene, a little tribute, and a few surprises which will be next weekend, that next like weekend. all the Blu-ray extras that you're going to get to see. Correct. So, look, le- let me ask you this. Uh, first question, what do you think we're going to see? There's been rumor that they have filmed a Lewis from Ant-Man recap of the entire MCU. Like, they've done him doing it. Is it possible we see that? Is there Now, this comes out June 28th. Far From Home comes out July 2nd, shortly after. Is it going to be a scene from Far From Home? What do you guys think we'll be getting? I can't even tell you. What do you want to see? Uh, nothing. You don't want to see anything? I mean, I don't mind. I mean, there's nothing I was clamoring for at the end of this movie. Whatever they show me, I'm going to be surprised that they showed that to us. But there's nothing that I was going, damn, I wish I would have missed out. It's something I would buy the DVD for because I was going to buy a DVD anyway or whatever. But I wouldn't go back to the theater and sit through it again. Mm, just see, see, that was my ending. next question. Will you go again either no. to help it beat I Avatar? I think uh, I I'm, they have my money again, Marvel. I'm going to go. I want it to beat Avatar. I've already seen it a bunch of times. I understand, but we got to get to the with 45 million in their rugs. I kind of <laughs> want it to beat Avatar. I don't know why. It's a fun I don't game. Know if you, I don't know if they're going to get it. To tell you the truth, so, I don't know. They'll get close, yes. but I don't think they'll get it. Yes. I, might I mean, maybe it. like. It'll be a thing to try and like help the box office, but I don't know. Anthony, you will go. I mean, Marvel can make it a thing, right? Yeah. Will I go? I think I might go. I don't. I haven't. I'm not 100 percent decided. When is it next weekend? June 28th. Next. Uh, what's oh. that? Next Saturday. I might, next I might go. Yeah. Well, why not? And then Maybe. and then and then uh, far from home. A few days after that. But rugs. To your point. That's interesting. I'm not sure. Also, if it can hit it. Avatar re-release. Yes. They only made like. 10, 15 million. Correct. In most. 2010, they did a re-release with, a, but this one he put in extended scenes, bigger, uh, some more footage in the movie. It made 10 million domestically, another 23 million internationally. So it made 33 million in 2010. That seems like if this has any legs like that, this will barely get to 45 million. Uh, it but, might just make it. It might if they can get a push. But I think everybody and their mother has seen this movie. I think fans will still go now that they've got the tease that there's extra shit at the end, uh, you know, because it didn't have any post credit scenes and it was it was perfect that way. 
But now after after some time, after some space, uh, I I I think they may get really close. Uh, another question posed in the group uh, in our Facebook group was: Is this cheating? No, because Avatar, no, Avatar did it. Avatar too. did the same thing. No, yeah, it's not cheating. It is what it is. It's like it's a money grab. But the uh, the thing that I would say is if. If you're upset that it's a money grab, don't go watch it. And don't go watch it's it. Not, it's, not, want, it's, not, it's not offending anybody. No. They want to set the record for this era. Avatar had it for a long time. They want to take them down. Uh, They're it, like, let's go. A legitimately long time, by the way. Yes, a very, very long time. 2009. You know, I mean, they do want to, I bet they do want to beat Avatar, but at the end of the day, Disney's just competing with themselves. They own Avatar as well. Now so they own really Avatar. Matter. Now they yes, do. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And uh, the other issue, I think, complicating this is Toy Story 4 is coming out this weekend. It comes out today, actually. Uh, this movie is like 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's being hailed as a cinematic masterpiece. Apparently, it's the best fucking movie ever. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be ruling the box really, office. Imran? That's what people are saying. <laughs> Look, no, I'm just telling you what I read. I'm sure it's a great <laughs> of course, movie. All I, the love hype, the Toy Story I love the movie. Toy Stories. I c- you are that you are a hyperbole king it's, right look, now. This is the hyperbole. That's what they say. But the toy. But you actually believe it. That, that's the problem. Listen, the Toy Story franchise. All three movies have been They're solid. Good. Yes, they should. But they should have kept it done. I mean, who knows how good this? This sounds like the it's second good, but one they wasn't the greatest though. It should have ended at three though. Possibly, but three was a great ending. Now they the toys have been passed to a new little girl, and I kind of like the one thing if you watch the trailers where with a character Forky, where he's just a spork, she turns into right. a toy. So I love the whole discussion of him being like am i a toy or am i like an eating utensil what the fuck am i do i belong here like that's probably just one of the many things but all the movies are kind of the same like a toy gets lost they gotta go find the toy and come back like that's every toy story movie but for some reason they just it, yeah it if you want to boil it down that yeah. much then sure but they're always so good so and so and then far from home so disney's just like competing with itself it's like endgame competing with toy story 4 competing with far from home like they're gonna make the money anyway they they get from over here or over here. Like, I could do a whole side podcast just about toys. Yeah. In this conversation yeah. about why they make these movies. But, like, anyway, I think people still will go see that. And they'll still go see this endgame bullshit. Some fan people will go see I it. think it's got, it's definitely got my money. I'm going to help it. I want to feel like I helped it beat Avatar. I don't know why. Just because. All right. Listen there. If you want to get in, in, uh, in the conversation, join in. Let us know what you think. Join our awesome Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. You can find it at our contact page on our website, jockandnerd.com slash contact. This is an exclusive closed group for all the geeks and nerds and jocks that listen to the show. You can meet them all. They're great listeners. Get on in there. Mix it up. Uh, listener and supporter and recently featured on the spinoff show, Jimmy Graben. Anthony, you had him on the spinoff show. It was great. Correct. He did uh, a great, and he's great in the Facebook uh, group, always posting cool shit. He did a, does a great impersonation of me. If you've heard that. Show and I promised I would clip it. Rugs, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here's Jimmy Graven doing his best nerd impersonation. I love this movie. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Rugs, what would that's you? What would you rate that? On a scale of one to ten, he's a solid seven. That's a solid seven. That's a tough, Imran's got a tough voice to impersonate. The, you know, the passion is there. I love it. Shut up with your passion. Pa- I'm saying in his voice. He's got oh, the passion. Okay. You don't have any passion, Anthony. No, well, your passion is just you like to talk. Well, I'm pa- you, don't even, you don't even say anything worth saying. You just talk. I'm passionate about talking. That's my yeah, passion. Sure. I think he's got good comedic timing, Anthony. Mm. 
It's like old people comedic timing. <laughs> Dad jokes got nothing on me, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I got a bunch of articles. Uh, I found one, Anthony, that you sent me uh, and from a business website, and then a couple others that I noticed. A lot of articles coming out talking about the sequels, the reboots, uh, underperforming this summer. In fact, the, the box office is down this year overall. Uh, now, not all of them, obviously, are underperforming. You know, you have the stuff that worked like Avengers Endgame, the John Wick 3 worked, How to Train Your Dragon, critically well-received. But then you got your Dark Phoenixes, your Shafts, your Men in Black Internationals, Lego Movie 2, Secret Life of Pets, even Godzilla. Oh, I think that most of these movies open at the end of June, which is the end of school. Why? And, and people are doing things like uh, people are graduating. People are mm. going to dinners and doing. I, I think that they're like they're not really focused on what do we do for a movie this weekend. See, I, I would disagree. Move summertime is always usually the best blockbuster time. I think should be movies are down. Yeah, but how do you explain that every movie is doing badly? Because I think people are much more picky, in particular, with going to, to what movies they want to see. I don't think people. Just go because it's a summer blockbuster and it's a big name. You have to have some cachet now. You have to have some credibility. You have to make a good movie. I think people are smarter now. Like these are like twenty million dollar openings. It's like nobody's going. Yeah, to it's really, really bizarre. It's like really, that's really uncanny. Well, I mean, you're trotting out like Men in Black. Who really asked for another yes. Men in Black? Yes. <laughs> right. Dark Phoenix is a tired series of X Men movies. But it should have done better than what it did. There's like no doubt that it should at least open at like a 40. Are people getting sick of sequels though? Is there franchise fatigue? I think there's a couple of categories, a couple of things that are happening. I think people are getting tired of laziness. I would be so excited if people were getting sick of the way franchise filmmaking is. And we can go back to like the 1994 where we had like this great curated boutique uh, movie going experience where there was all these different director, auteur films that were even even the action movie directors yep, yeah. were big. Like you would yep. go see a Cameron, you would see a McTiernan, you'd see a Wu movie. Yeah, the mid nineties. It didn't really matter if it was a, a a tentpole. It could be a random. I'll go and watch fucking Face Off and be like, yes, Travolta and Nick Cage are fighting each other. It was with exciting guns. back then. Yeah. We were in college, and it was exciting seeing the risks people were taking the uh, towards the uh, the 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 kind of uh, stylistic points of view and and these direct the directors rule that was. The age of the director movie, uh, you know. And we didn't even have the internet back then. No, we didn't. Like, <laughs> now you can actually look up people's fucking IMDb pages and research so I can see their track record and shit like that. Yeah. And I think that that could make it so much more interesting because you're like, oh, this guy, Darren Aronofsky, did all this shit. But, like, um, and I think that maybe uh, younger people are getting hip to this. Maybe they're like, oh, the directors really matter and – and in franchise filmmaking, the director doesn't matter as much. No, they don't. Because, like, you have, like, this mega producer, like, Kevin Feige, and he's running shit, and they all have to kind of capitulate to, like, the vision of the actual brand. So we're losing a lot of that stuff, and I think maybe maybe that's uh, fatiguing out some things. I would say, actually, so I would I disagree with that as well. I think the internet's hurt the movies because... You look on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. okay, Shaft, well, that's, that's, 32%, that's, yep, Dark yep, Phoenix, yep. 23 yep. Men in Black, 23 People are looking at the internet, Godzilla, 40 yep. They're looking at the internet and going, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a negative score. I'm not wasting I'm my done. money this weekend. I'm out. Snap decisions. John Wick, 89%. Avengers, 94%. Yep. Rocket Man, 89%. Yep. Those all made money. Yep. 
Yeah, but that's like that's sheep thinking. And I don't I, I don't know. I don't think that's gonna lead to better movies. I don't think the, in the nineties they didn't have this. You you had to seek out a review. Now you can just find it. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. all the reviews are aggregated. And it's aggregated and they take all the, the, the nuance out of it. And you don't even read the review. You just get the bullet point and then you're or the quote, the pull, the call out, and then that's what you judge the movie by. Yeah. Like you can I mean, read the whole review and there's all these great compliments of a movie, yeah. and then there's that one line that they pull. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how is it any different though than Yelp? Yeah. The internet has ruined that too. Yeah, but I mean, I don't has really, it ruined it? I mean, you I don't just really don't waste your money. Yelp either. I don't really trust Yelp either. Because like you can always and I don't trust Amazon reviews either. Yep. There's always yep. people yep. who hate it. I always go immediately to the people who complain. It's always the same bullshit. Like, <laughs> you know, have you done that? Like, every restaurant has like complaints that are terrible. Look, real, just, real, I, just don't think, I, I just don't think people are going to waste their time on things if they see that enough people don't like it. Real, real consumer reviews are valuable, but then when you just let any ask, I mean, what, which one of these you, movies are you going to argue for needed to get a, a huge open? No, well, it's mm, a good point. I would think Godzilla because. It wasn't. It wasn't that good. Yeah. So it was fine. Every, but it wasn't. It wasn't like an awesome movie. Yeah. I mean, but we've seen fine big spectacle we've movies. Seen make money. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We've seen better. I mean, you're, you're gonna get your. You're gonna get your. Yeah. Your. You know. Your shitty movies that do make money. Like there is a Venom. There's a Jurassic World. Yeah. But I think people are a lot more hip to this I stuff. Think you're right. And they're getting tired of this shit. So what you all? What all, all the stuff you said is? I have this article in Cinema Blend, and it's all there's four categories, and it's all these things happening together. The first one being. Franchise fatigue. Movies nobody asked for, like you said, Anthony. Men in Black easily lands in that category. Uh, this guy puts the Lego 2 movie, which shocked me that it did not do good, but franchise fatigue. They made the well, Lego I was, movie. I was surprised that that was a fluke. Yes. I, I was like, I, I never thought the Lego movie would would have interest. I was like, who wants to go see Lego? The, fir- <laughs> the first but- one was great, and they followed up with the Batman, the Lego Ninjago. So maybe too many Legos, and people are now, they don't care. Another category is, oh, you could put Dumbo in this boat also. Uh, nobody really wanted that CGI remake of Dumbo. The other category, which you also mentioned, the bad reviews, took down Dark Phoenix and Hellboy. Remember Hellboy? No, the reboot that did shit. Even I mean, Godzilla. Hellboy and Godzilla, yes. Men in Black. Those yep. all, and Shaft suffer. also suffered Shaft, from yep. the bad buzz. And then the third category, which is also really important and has a lot to do, is... Too much competition coming out. Every week there is a fucking big movie. Like we talked about these movies. Dark Phoenix had one week before another movie came out. Godzilla had two weeks before another big movie came I, I out. Don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I remember the early 2000s. We got big budget movies every weekend and they were all making money. Uh, but this is, I think, 2019. This schedule, if you go look at it, this is the most packed, craziest, like, uh, uh, most that's, shit. That's hyperbole. I don't, no, I don't agree with I that I remember last year looking ahead going... Holy fuck! Look at 2019. There's like 40 I, fucking big movies. I coming think out, everybody. So. I think Marvel was doing what two movies a year, right? Yeah, doing two to three. Then they went to three. Yes. But then, it, but that this is what happened. I think Star Wars came back. All right, and then they were making movies every every year too, a movie or two a year. And then and that was all of too a sudden, much. Then the Disney remake started coming out. Yes. So th- th- there's three huge chains that are now. All spinning at the all same time. Along. That was not yeah. true nope. like five or six years ago. Yeah, I see. I agree with Rugpoint. They are no, churning shit out. 
Uh, and then the last category they put in here is people who are like, I'm just going to wait till it comes out on each HBO or Netflix. Like, I just, I'll rather, why watch a bad X-Men movie in the theater when I could watch a good one right here? There's plenty home, of that. You know? There's plenty of the, why am I going to even go out to a movie theater? Yeah. And these streaming services There's that make too. It There's harder. so much other competition of stuff to watch, but. Now, turning to how to do it right, Anthony, this article from the Harvard Business Review, Marvel's blockbuster right machine. Yes, business and pop culture. Yep, do yep. you read the Harvard Business Review often? Not very often, but I definitely checked this out. It's a legit business I, website. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes, Harvard Business Review. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it because it uh, it takes a very business analytical approach to what they're doing. Uh, so break down. Give us the gist of this. Why, why are what they're doing so uh, effective if from a business point of view? Well, I mean, they did. They labeled it with four different re- yeah. th- things. They came to so they they pulled a bunch of people, and by a bunch, I mean a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of people. I, f- I forget the numbers. Let me look at it right here. So they real analyzed two hundred forty three yep. interviews, ninety five video interviews uh, with producers, directors, writers, one hundred forty reviews. Then they digitally analyzed scripts and the visual style of each movie. Examine the networks of 1,023 actors, 25,853 behind-the-camera workers, from movie to movie. Right. That's a lot of fucking data right there. A lot of data. So they, they, this is very analytical, very qualitative research. Uh, or no, quantitative research, sorry. And they came up with four reasons why the Marvel machine is working the way it is. And I'm going to read it the way they wrote it, and then I'll just quickly explain it. So select for experienced inexperience. What they mean by that is they've gone the route of choosing these indie directors yeah. or these small scale directors and giving them the creative freedom to um, do what the hell they want. But, they, you know, instead of going with, oh, let's go with pedigree and go with yep. a, a director that has experience in big blockbuster stuff, they're like, we'll handle the big blockbuster stuff. Big blockbuster stuff. You make the story. That, you make it the way And that's fucking it. ballsy and risky as fuck. Right. That's not usually how business works usually you hire someone that has the same pedigree as you you don't usually hire someone that thinks differently and back in the day you did a superhero movie you were kind of a joke afterwards like right, they right, would right. just kill your career they changed right. that but then on top of that the, the second point is they leverage a stable core meaning they keep a certain crew around so there's some consistency so they have like an inner circle of people that they carry over from movie to movie but then they bring in new pieces around it's it amazing so that the 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 pillars per se don't necessarily fall apart with each movie they're still there but then they're adding design around all the pillars every movie it's so smart because i remember reading the article about they get these indie directors and they literally put them through like a visual effects crash course first of all so they know how to deal with this Mm-hmm. But uh, you have, you know, the aesthetics, the outside of the foundation is artistry from the director. But the thing holding it together is from this crew that that works well together and moves. It also reminds me of Motown, like the band that recorded all the music. For Mo- it was the same band moving from, uh, you know, group artist to artist. But they held down the beat and built this Motown song with several artists. Kind of a similar philosophy there. They actually list a, an artist here. Um, broken social scene is a band that acts like a musical collective. Did you read that? Yes, part? yes. So there's only um, it's only a duo, but then every album they add different musical artists, they got features, to, to, yeah, to help them. Yeah. So it's the same kind of principle of you have your core, and then you just fill in around it for every different movie. And you have the reliable, competent core always, right, and keep right. that keeps the consistency. It's really good. Yeah. 
So then the third thing, this is three out of four, is called keep challenging the formula. So I've heard you say this a couple times, Emron, when we do these reviews, and I've always been like, no, this is wrong. You usually will be like, is this formulaic? Yeah, is this formulaic? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people like, oh, man, these Marvel movies are formulaic. Um, and they even come to the conclusion, yeah, it looks like they are. But then they did this analysis of every single line yeah, in every movie, yeah. and it revealed that each of these movies have different um, tones, yep. different scripts. Yep. So Iron Man 2, they list, it has a lot of humor. But then Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and you know Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is in space. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is a much more serious film. So, you know, Doctor Strange is known for its artsy, brainy visuals. Spider-Man Homecoming has um, neighborhood responsibilities mm-hmm. rather than intergalactic violence. So they actually did analyze these movies, and they realized that they're not these formulaic movies. They all have these different tones. They all have these different settings. There's not really a Marvel formula that everyone's been I mean, it about. is and it isn't. The only really same thing is like, the you know, it always ends in a third act well, battle, like, CGI what, battle. What sets it apart is the characters, but the way that they uh, approach filmmaking and the scripts, very similar. The way that they approach their action scenes and their tones and their colors, very similar. They're like, that you can always tell a Marvel movie from uh, DC But that style, could, that's, a, you yeah. know, that's the style, that's kind of the brand. The tone the, is never the, tone. the tone's so always serious. Different. Right. Like, is there a tone that's as serious as the Dark Knight? No, it's not. I mean, even the Winter Soldier. I mean, Winter Soldier seems to get close. Winter Soldier gets pretty serious. Yeah, but that's the uh, that's the outlier. Yeah. It's not like there's a lot of those. So you would disagree with this? Yes, I just because somebody puts it in an article, I don't agree with it. <laughs> well, what's your comment? So you don't to? think they're challenging the because they are challenging every, the every movie? That, yeah. There's, I've listed. I think they are. Exact What's examples. challenging? I, I know what to expect. That have you been to a Marvel movie and, and been like, oh, I would never ex- expect that coming. You 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 kind of know what you're going to get. Bla- what you, so you went to Black Panther <laughs> and went, oh, they're going to do social commentary in this movie. Yeah, you did. You predicted that. Let, let's look up any review How or any prediction. How can you not? <laughs> where, where is there a prediction look, that you I said that? I was surprised by Ant-Man, you know, and How Guardians. Can you not, that way? How can you not do a black superhero and not have social commentary? It's Black Panther in and of itself as a comic book that, that, is a social right, sure. commentary. Did you, so how did do you, you not do that? that? I could because it's in the comics. Where's there proof of you predicting <laughs> that? I didn't predict it like on the show, but I mean, like I I wasn't surprised by it. I mean, I think that were you surprised? <laughs> were you taken aback that there was social commentary? Why in are Black you getting Panther? mad? <laughs> because you're mad, bro. Yeah, because- why are you getting mad? <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just like saying. I'm like, uh, this is like. So you don't you, think the Marvel you didn't challenge expect there to be any? So you don't. You don't think that any of these movies? Are, do you think they're all the same? No, I think that they're all very similar. Not the same, but very similar. I would say they are, and they aren't formulaic. Both at the same time, but in a, yeah. in a consistent stylistic way. Like if you watch Suicide Squad, yeah. There's eye candy. There's all this stuff. There's like rape fucking shit and all that stuff. And then you watch another like uh, you watch Aquaman. There's none of that. Yeah, they're completely different. So they they don't ever change tone that much. It's always just a small degree of change. This one has this much more humor. This one has that much more humor. So I don't know because somebody puts in an article. <laughs> I don't know who's somebody. This is a this is a study. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, yeah, but everything <laughs> well, has a bias one to person. it. The analytical results of uh, from data. Yeah, I don't know if that. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's very, it, it's very like, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really give you any insight, really. Like to the why the the formula. Well, works. he didn't get to number four. Anthony, get to number four. Let's go to number four. So number four. Oh, actually, number three. There is a good point in here. Yeah. So they 
they actually take Star Wars Last Jedi, yeah. which is actually a good example. So Last Jedi pissed people off because it yes. changed a lot. And what Marvel's done well is they've conditioned their audience to expect almost that each movie is going to be a little bit different in terms of tone yeah. and accept it. Whereas yeah. Star Wars always had their flat, like, this is the way the movies go, this is the way it is, and then they stuck Last Jedi in there. They tried and to they swerve. Just, yeah, they Everyone. swerved it too much. Yeah. Whereas Marvel doesn't do that. Well, they're on they're on brand. They're on brand. They're, they, see that the, the last thing that you just said just contradicts what you said here. Well, with this guy, that's why his article I don't really put too much uh, like belief in it because how can you have things that are different, but then they're, everybody accepts them, but they're not that different because they have their on brand and they're controlled. Well, the brand them. is being different every time. So it's crazy. No, the brand is being that. No, you're, you're not getting the point. The brand is being different every time. That's the brand. No, but you just said Star Wars went too different because Star Wars never that because they changed the brand on that particular movie, right? But you're saying that the movies are so different that everybody expects them to be completely different movies. Yeah, they're expecting change for every movie. You can't tell me that Thor Ragnarok is the same movie as Thor the first one. No, they're it's wildly not. different tones. No, they're wildly different. Those are that's a wildly big change. They, right. And they do tone well. Now the, In tone, the yes. Star Wars audience does not want you to challenge the Star Wars formula. They kind of want But that's but the the Thor formula never worked right. until it, they got it. So they could play the with Star it. Wars formula worked. It was tried and, tr- and true for like for decades people responded to it that is a testament to they're willing to take risks and do these well when something doesn't things. work and you have yeah. you go you, you, your first movie doesn't do well i mean it does okay the second movie everybody hates then you have a license to actually do something different and try something different right with your character that and it's not even that different they just looked at guardians of the galaxy he's doing well let's just do that so I mean, there there's a sameness to it as well. They're like adapting what's working in other movies and putting it in. It's I mean, they're, they're, don't get me wrong. Marvel is brilliant about what they're doing, right? And but I don't think that it's like some kind of like, uh, like th- that this they're doing these all like the, all this freedom that you're talking about, and these directors are doing whatever they want, and there's no brand, and there's no like identity and style to this brand like there it's kind of a narrative that they're saying that they're letting these directors do all these things and take all these risks and i don't really think that i don't see that i think they experiment i think they i think they take small risks yes they see what's working risks they push it they stay on brand they keep the continuity very tight and they and other things that they don't give up on stuff really easy that's a um, good point. Yeah, they don't just sit there and go. Thor was floundering two movies in. Yeah. They don't give up on it. Yeah. They just they Let's they kept again. hammering it out. We're gonna make you like Thor. All right, and they did it. The same thing with the Hulk. Two movies sucked balls, and they figured out what to do with Hulk. And then eventually, when they got you to like Hulk, they they go in and change him. But they do it in the continuity of the comics. They do it with with uh, uh with with canon behind it to support it. Oh, we have Professor Hulk. We 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 can do that. So they they're very brilliant when it comes to that, but the way this article is painting like Disney as like taking all of these risks and letting these auteurs like do what they want with the characters, we're hiring like these these inexperienced directors. No, they're hiring these inexperienced directors so they can tell them exactly what to do and they'll do it. And they save a little money, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but I think to the general audience, they do they are reacting to the different kind of movies because people went to see Black Panther who had never seen a Marvel movie, but then people will go see. 
a, you know, a fun heist movie or a space movie. And I think the general audience loves and is excited to see what's next, what Marvel's going to give them. So I get, I see your point, but I do think they do challenge the formula somewhat. Anyways, number four, Anthony. Number four, last one, is they cultivate customer curiosity. So this is your Easter egg stuff where they throw in little things that then you go, oh, what what the hell is that? What's that got to do with anything? And then you look it up. Like, for instance, in Thor, the first Thor, they threw in an Infinity Gauntlet reference that not a lot of people picked up. Right. You know, they but they'll do this throughout the entire movies, and that's something that they've picked up from comics. Um, they picked that up just from uh, the way con- Marvel used to interact with their audience back in the day as well. They picked all that up, and they're like, okay, this is what like these hardcore fans will enjoy this, but then the casual fan will also be like, hey, what's that? And they'll look it up on their phone. What I love like, about oh, this they're gonna, is they might do that later. This is what was great about reading comic books. And they've just turned like all these moviegoers almost like a fandom like into comics. They, they, they give them a puzzle. They, they want to learn more. It's not going to get them to read comics, but this is the same feeling you would get when you picked up an issue random well, and you're like, who's this guy? When did this start? And you go back and try to figure these things it out. It all falls back on the source material, right? Yeah. So, Marvel has always been better at continuity than most other places. Yeah. Uh, you know, besides Valiant. But, like, uh, they've pretty much kept a good handle on their characters and not changed them to – they've changed them uh, in ways, but, like, never uh, losing the essence of what they are and all of that stuff. Um, up until recently, then they've, they've taken a lot of risks now. They're trying to get new fans. But that core right there – and then you have what Anthony said about the, the production core – of those people yeah. that understand what they're doing, that that foundation is really, really solid. And so they're doing stuff. They're doing stuff that they've done in comics, like those Easter eggs and and referring to back into canon of stuff that's happened in the past for the fans. So those are really smart things. And DC doesn't do that. The minute that they have a movie that's bad, they just abandon it. They start firing directors. Yeah. They start fucking they freak looking out. for the net. Yeah. They're, they're just clawing at stuff. So... Marvel's a lot more stoic. They're, they 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 know. Okay, we just got to stay the course. We have the fucking characters. We know what we're doing. We got to trust in the source material, and they do that, and, it, and it's evident. And I think that that's what this article was missing. So when I read this article, I was like, "But what about like the fact that like they they kind of like they don't just give up on their characters. They 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 like DC does. That's I mean, like put it this way: if, if DC stuck." stuck to what they were going to do in the beginning. Everybody hates it at first, but eventually yeah, yeah. there's a ground. So people who are, or want the Snyder cut now. Okay. Yeah. There's like, there's a bunch of people that are, are there for the stuff that they've already put out. So you can't just build a franchise. If you're going to just, the minute you lose a game, Oh, we're going to hang it up and fucking fire everybody. Yeah. It looks you got to fucking stay the course and build your team. You want to see someone uh, stay confident with their plan and not, uh, well, yeah. what it would seem to me is, if we're looking at this article and then comparing it to DC, DC doesn't have a very stable core. Right. But they what they jumped to right away was number four, which is let's cultivate customer curiosity and throw make announce all these movies yeah. and put in the movies all these different characters that we're going to do. But then once that movie doesn't work, they don't have that stable core to be like, just stay the course, stay the course. They 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 fall apart right away and they're like, okay, new core, new core. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's a different yeah, problem. Scrap right. all those things. That's just got, uh, no confidence in whatever they're doing. And there's so many. And, well, and the thing is that the really sucks about DC 
is that they've had the keys to all their characters yes. this whole time. Yes. Marvel has not. Yes, Warner That's Brothers has just recently shit. got all of their pieces yes. on the table. So, so it's, a, it's just a really a big joke in like not trusting that that what you have, your IP, you're not trusting it, you're not having faith in it, you're just kind of using it to make money, but you're not really believing in it like the way Marvel does and, D- and Disney does. I mean, it just blows me away that, you know, after Infinity War, the, like the long play on Thanos, after Infinity War, everyone, little kids, adults walking around talking about Thanos. I was like, that's just crazy <laughs> that fucking Marvel did this. I never thought people would be like Thanos. Uh, they, can get, they can do that. They can do anything. Uh, let's move on to. We'll, see, we'll yeah. see how it goes moving forward, though. I, I think. Are they running out of steam? Maybe are they running out of. Um... I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're they're the Spider-Man stuff we'll get to. But um, plus they got the X Men and they got uh, no, I mean, well, the but they're going to lose a lot of stuff but too like, that they had. Hmm. Yeah, just yeah. Hear this out. Yeah. Like, so Star Wars was this thing that was like this miraculous thing that happened like a bunch of years ago. People wanted more Star Wars. They were they there were they were curious about what was going to happen with this. If they could actually build on it, and then they put out the other prequels. Right, that kind of like killed the excitement for it right for a little while yes and then we got this new thing and people were excited about that and it, it broke a shitload of records and um at a certain point in time when they did the last jedi they purposely were trying to take everybody in a different direction and nobody wanted to go that way yeah. route yeah. i mean not nobody but there's a large portion of the old fans that didn't want to go that route and what do you think they're going to do next they're, they're going to try and backpedal to try and get those people back if that doesn't work star wars could be dead yeah unless they just try i mean anthony's already checked out yeah. on star wars yeah it didn't keep you he's I've, had enough yeah. right i've i've been checked out yeah. since star all right wars now thing. just now put yourself point. in a position of somebody point. who's not a comic book fan yeah like they're right. gonna check out eventually too if if it goes wrong but marvel's been fucking you know they've been rolling the dice and they've been you know doing well so um Hopefully that it continues, but I think that all they need is a few fuck ups, and uh, oh yeah, it can, all, it can turn. Yeah, they can all turn them. To- I, I think the one one thing I got from this article, besides all the other stuff, is just thinking about it organically. This all started because of something really no one wanted. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Like similar to Star Wars, like no one wanted Star Wars yeah. until it came out. Yeah, who really wanted an Iron Man movie? Yeah. Starring Robert Downey Jr. with the director of Elf directing it. Yes, like no one, no one gave <laughs> a fuck. On paper, sounds like a, a horrible idea. I mean, you have your core comic book audience that knows who Iron Man is, yeah. but I've heard this plenty of times. Iron Man was a B-list, yeah. C-list character. Yeah. You know, it was something that came out that no one thought they wanted that became this over, overnight thing. I think, you know, us talking about franchises and all that, it's the things that you don't expect to be good that can the, then blossom into something awesome. The thing that I was the thing that I, I think about Iron Man is that when Iron Man came out, it was what the third movie in or was the second movie? Yeah, uh, the I think it was the second, the, f- the second movie in of what? Sec- no, the second first movie one. in of the of the Marvel. No, it was no, the first, first one. That, that was, was the first, first one. one. No, no, but the Hulk is in, the Hulk came in a month later because Thunderbolt Ross was in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that was, that was in June. Over. The Hulk was a few months later. So Iron Man first. They had given you that at the end of that movie an inkling. Yeah that there was going to be a shared universe. And I think that not only was the movie great, but that the promise of more characters possibly coming in 
I think that ignited something. Well, that's a good where point. Where it wasn't going to be just a one-off movie of, of one random character that didn't exist in the other universe. Like, that they were going to do something that's that they were building a, a shared universe. I think that that captured everybody's imagination. And that if that wasn't released so soon after Iron Man, I don't know if we they'd made us wait a year to put a tag in another movie. But even though that Hulk movie was not the best, when people found out what happened at the end tag, you're like, oh, holy shit. Also, Favreau, you know, this guy's never done a superhero movie, never done a big budget movie. There's so many brilliant choices they made. He doesn't shoot it like a typical superhero movie. He just shoots it like a movie based on a character. Downey Jr. being where he is and kind of just playing himself, fitting in perfectly as Tony Stark. Like all these things magically came together. He modified that character to make it him. Yes. Not Tony. Right. It It was Robert being Tony. Because these guys, they were smart to see where the strengths were and play to those strengths on what was it? They keep, I love the articles where they're like, this was like a $200 million independent movie we were working on. Nobody knew. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, what was going to happen? Jeff Bridges said that. And yes, it is similar to Star Wars. In fact, there is a great podcast I've been listening to from Wondery called Inside Star Wars. This guy breaks down the making of Star Wars uh, and you hear a lot of the same stories. People are like, George, the fuck are you doing? Like, are you, they're late. They can't get these shots done. Nobody can understand what, and the, the stuff in Star Wars, it's amazing. They invented so much shit. None of this, we forget, none of this had been seen before. You had never seen a dogfight with multiple spaceships in space. Out of, that never been filmed on, on like the way it's been done. And the next movie, he has to create new shit. Every, that's why these movies, the original are so special. Every Star Wars movie showed you something that had never been done before. And that's a little bit harder to do these days also. Yeah. No, no one's getting the, I mean, other than, unless you're James Cameron, yes, right? Yes. Who's getting the creative license to make a big budget film out of their own head? Original IP. That's hard. I can't imagine that's ever going to happen uh, again. I mean, it'll, it might happen again. But it, I it, think it will. It's going to take a while, yes. Once Everything this burns, burns out. Yes, once right. this if burns you look, out. If you yep, look at yep. the history of film, yep. there are these trends that last 10 or 15 years, and then they, or, or sometimes even shorter than that, and then they run their course. Like It was like westerns, wall-to-wall westerns Absolutely. in the 50. Yeah. So it's like um, those things kind of run their course, and then you know they move on to something else. So I think right now it's the era of the franchise film. It's the, it's the era of IP. When we've exhausted every single IP to the point where like, People just want something different. I think it, it'll happen. I mean, it's it's you're right. It, these trends are cyclical. Like if you think of Hollywood, well, it's, kind of, it's kind of already going. It's away, happening. Right? It, yeah. We just talked about yeah. the big franchises not making the type of money that we expect them to the make. The franchise era is yeah, uh, they have to rethink. I mean, if you think about Hollywood, it started with the studio movie. People went to see movies because of what studio make it made it. That shifted to like the actors and actresses in the movie. People will go to see whatever movie this guy was in. Then in the 90s, like we were just talking, it kind of shifted to directors. You would get a director and go see every movie. And now we're kind of back to the franchise studio movie model in a big cycle. I, I would well, say now we're by IP. That uh, yeah, it's IP. Yeah, it's an IP. Right. That's the IP I would IP say model. the early 2000s were like beginning of franchise yeah. slash yep. let's see this big like block like blockbusters. Block, basically. Yeah, yeah. Anything where it looked like you put in a ton of money. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to go see that. And now it's then it became this franchise model. And now, you know, other than Marvel and some of the DC stuff, and we'll see how Star Wars goes, that model is getting a little tired for a lot of people. It's going to have to change a little bit uh, very quickly, very soon, because we are we're well, seeing also, a bunch I think, of things. I th- also think the rise of 
um, big budget TV shows. Yeah. I think that's also, people are like, oh, wait, like, I'm not watching this TV show and thinking it's a TV show. I'm watching Game of Thrones right. and being like, this is a long form fucking movie. It's a movie every in, week. In a TV show. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, if I'm being frank, if a TV show has the budget, yeah. I would much rather follow a TV show you know, week to week or watch 10 episodes rather than watch one movie and wait you know, half a year to sure. see the next story. Sure. That, for three hours is, at most. Yeah, that's huge competition. And the fact that I think TV's you could tell a better more. story, better characters. Right. Yeah. That the two hour, the two hour, two and a half hour limit. I mean, the Russo brothers, you've heard them say this, that it's very limited. It is. If you, you think only, about how limiting it you is. You can only do so much with so many characters and uh, without actually like doing a disservice to the character because you have to cut all these lines down so other people can breathe. And it's just crazy. In a TV show, you can give everybody like, when you watch Game of Thrones, you really know all the characters. Even like the smaller characters, they've had a lot more time, screen time than in, in a movie they would have gotten in. You know what I mean? They would have been like an ancillary background person. I think so, I think we're heading into that that era, Anthony. You're absolutely right. If you look at The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, got a hundred million dollars for like six, seven right, episodes. I think that's where it might go. That looks like everyone like a great Star Wars movie. Netflix is snatching up anything that they think could be. Netflix needs television. to uh, their budgets are big, but they, it needs to be a little bit bigger because some of the CG I, becomes questionable here or there. Even in their I big just releases, think that the movies um, movies are having a harder time making back their money. Like we talked about, the marketing budgets getting people like they're so distracted with all this other stuff to get people into the theater, like to physically go to the theater. Yeah. You have to market the shit out of it, and you're spending like. All of the money that you'd make in profit on marketing, you like basically just blanketing everything and anything with the fucking movie, like TV, internet, like uh, you go to the store, you buy a candy bar, there's fucking shit on the wrapper, like you're everything. Right. And if you can't afford that, your movie is really going to not get a lot of buzz or even be seen, unfortunately, is that's how that's how we roll it. And the TV shows, you don't have to market that ba- that much. I mean, you could just put Netflix on, and then the ad's right there. Yeah. You're already there. <laughs> True. You're like, oh, I'm going to check this out. Let me give it a spin. You know, you the know? TV show, word of mouth. Well, and TV, TV show, I was just going to say word of mouth. Like podcasts, it really like helps. Stranger Things came out, no ads at all, right? You just fucking turned it on one day, and there it was. Yeah, you just heard. You're like, what's the Stranger Things everyone's talking about? And you watch it, and you're like, holy shit, this is great. Uh, all right, that was a great article, Anthony. Thanks for breaking it down. The future for Marvel, what does it hold? Well, we may find out very soon, and by soon, I mean July 18th to 21, the 50th anniversary year of the San Diego Comic-Con. Marvel Studios has confirmed that it will be at Hall H. Oh, shit. This year, last year, they skipped Hall H, and Warner Brothers had a big year. This year, Warner Brothers sitting this out. Marvel will be at Hall H, and the next month will be at D23. We're going to get a double dose July, August, a whole bunch of shit. My question is, what do they release where? I don't know what's smart, uh, how they would divvy this up to make both events special. I was taken by surprise by this because I thought they were going to sit it out again. Yes. The the Disney event. So I thought they were playing chicken with DC to see if they would bail out. They did. And they're like, oh, and then they announced it a week later that they were going to do it. Yes. that, That is shocking. That was like a big game of chicken, I think. Um, and so now like Marvel's got the floor, they can do whatever they want and g- get all the press. I mean, they're going to announce their movies. Obviously, I think they're going to put a big push behind this Disney plus stuff. 
Yeah, I um, think you're right. I think that's going to be a big, uh, big deal. I think they're going to, you know, going to announce these shows officially, or if they haven't already announced them, really drawn to the fact that these are tied into the movies, so that they can make their money back on all this Disney Plus stuff because. That's a huge rollout for them. I agree. I think they need to make everyone understand hair is the order of things, and the order and platform is important. Pay attention. This is a movie. This is a TV show. Then this movie. Then this TV show. Uh, but the fact that they need to make both events special and keep uh, reveals for both is going to be very interesting. Of course, we want the fall phase four slate. Whether they break that up or where they announce it at, at uh, San Diego, I don't know. I think they've kind of le- leaked, or not leaked, but I think we have a rough idea of what the Phase 4 slate is already. Kind of. There's, you know, we have the Nova uh, uh, well, I rumors. Don't think there's the rumors of that, but I mean, we know, like, for instance, we know Black Widow. Black Widow is filming right now. We know Shang-Chi is going to happen. We know that. Um, the directors got hired to do Doctor Strange 2. We know that um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to happen when uh, James Gunn is done. Like We know these movies are happening. We know that The Eternals is happening. Well, I would love to hear an official casting of The Eternals. We've had rumors of you know Rob Stark and Angelina Jolie and all these other people. Rob Nothing. Stark. I like that you refer to him. Richard yeah. Madden. Rob I, don't, Stark. I don't even know. Is that his Richard, name? Madden. Richard Madden. Yeah, but yeah. he's Rob Stark. Uh, but all these rumors of these people in this movie, and we'll talk when the next bit of news, another guy... So maybe some clarification on this. Uh, other people thinking a clarification on the future of Spider-Man in the MCU, the future of Anthony Mackie. Uh, is he going to be Captain America? Do we want to hear something about the X-Men and the Fantastic Four? How important is this and where do they where do they fit this in? Tell us something. I feel like that it would be good to actually give people the idea that, you know, it's going to happen. That we're thinking you know, about it, happen. that we have plans. Maybe not soon, maybe yeah. not like right around the corner, but definitely hold on. You're going to see some awesome shit like in a year or from now or two or whatever. You're going to start seeing some shit. Because these are characters that people like, yeah. and they just fucking shit the bed with the X-Men. <laughs> you know, they just really fucked the X-Men up really bad. And uh, there's all these characters they got back that are from those uh, franchises that they can now use. So there's a lot, a lot of play right now. There really is a lot. Some of the other fun rumors I love, uh, you know, is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Is Chris Hemsworth going to return possibly as Thor? Lots of talk about who owns the new Avengers Tower. Possibly. What the hell? Really? Is that a thing? Well, possibly the introduction of Norman Osborn as a big bad, which I think Norman Osborn would work as the, as a big bad for the whole kind of phase four universe. Uh, and like you mentioned, Doctor Strange and what's Loki doing? There's uh, so many things they could do. Also, rumors of another Captain America story somewhere. There's all these things. Killmonger's return. This rumor page is crazy. Kevin Feige also talked about Spider-Man and Venom. Uh, he said that's Sony's choice. If they, it's all on Sony. So July and August, we're gonna get a lot of great uh, MCU. What's in the future? Uh, it should be exciting. Kevin Feige also confirmed he has been talking with Keanu Reeves for something. I, I heard that he's. He mentioned that he talks to Keanu. He's been talking to Keanu Reeves like for every movie. 
Oh, every time. Oh, for everything like, they have coming uh, like up. Leading up. Well, no, even like leading up, he's been having conversations with Keanu. Reeves. Oh my God! So even movies so that have come out, like where right, would you right. fit in? Oh, we talked to him for almost every film we make. What oh, the fuck? Shit. I don't know when, if, or ever he'll join the MCU. So, so he says no every time. Possibly that could, that could be right. Possibly. <laughs> so, well, the, the do you think wasn't Keanu? Reeves, it's funny. Like Keanu Reeves was for me. You know, you had Speed, yeah, which was, you know, fun. Matrix was, you know, a good movie, but he became kind of a joke for a while. Oh yeah, and then John Wick came out, and now everyone's back on the. There's a Keanu It's called yeah, the Keanu yeah. But is that what it's called? Yes, they're calling it the Keanu. The Keanu The Keanu We're in the Keanu Oh shit! I love that. Now. I I, don't, I was going to say, though, I don't think he's like become a better actor. No. I just think he's picked better roles yes. that suit his strengths. Yes, he's admittedly, he said himself, I'm not the best actor. I'll tell you what you do with Keanu and all, it's two words. Yeah, what do you do? John Wick. The reason it works so well is Keanu barely has any lines. Well, I, I thought you were going to say what, what he was going to do for Oh, Marvel. I'm saying you got to find a John Wick type role. Now, there's a bunch of rumors who would you want him to play? Everything from the Punisher. Oh shit! Wait, wait a minute. I think he already know. I think he's already done that in John Wick. Adam Warlock for Guardians of the Galaxy Three. I think I feel like Adam isn't Adam Warlock. You guys can correct me. Isn't he like a perfect specimen? Uh, sure. I'm not isn't really he, like, sure. Created he, in a lab he, or like created. Yeah. So I don't think traditionally old, blonde. Right? Keanu, I see. Keanu is old. Traditionally blonde, but you could have him scruffy. Uh, there was the Wolverine. Uh, somebody threw out there. Keanu has Wolverine. Uh, I'm telling you, the Punisher. The, <laughs> just do the chat Wick. I, I can't tell if he's being serious. I already know how to use guns. Silver Surfer. He does. What about he does, Silver he, Surfer? He might not be a bad Silver. Silver Surfer kind of has that stoic personality. Yeah, he wouldn't have to talk much, but he doesn't fight. You want to use Keanu's like. Uh, fighting and stunt riding and horseback His riding. His physicality is what makes him great. How about Moon Knight and a Moon Knight that maybe doesn't talk much but talks with his eyes and his looks? Be- I was going to say Moon Knight's a little bit too nuanced, I would say. No, you need Keanu. a really good actor for Moon Knight. Play you need like a great actor for Moon Knight. Uh, the perfect- you need like a Mac- Michael Fassbender oh, or somebody. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, that'd be good. To play like a, 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 a mentally schizophrenic kind of. Or even fucking McAvoy. Either one of those guys. Oh, McAvoy from uh, that movie, Split. That's kind of Moon Knight a little bit. It is. A little bit. Boom. Now, the perfect role, they're never going to do this, is obviously Black Bolt from the Inhumans. Oh, shit. Because he doesn't talk, and he's just a badass. And honestly, that's the best way to use Keanu. Even though I'm excited for the new Bill and Ted movie, I'll definitely, because he's, you know, he's just himself, and that's a great role for him. Uh, or and also he's been in talk for the Eternals, so maybe it's an Eternals Celestial that doesn't talk, but you want him fucking fighting and shit. I think that he's got to have something with physicality, something where that's where he shines. The Matrix, yep. all Same physical, thing. yeah, great. Speed, all physical, great. What, so, what role um, would you have given to the late Brandon Lee? That's the role for Keanu, because he pretty much, you know, Anthony. What do you Black, think? I, I kind of like the idea of Black Bolt. But then he can't be. Is Black Bolt all that physical? Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would do with Keanu, to be honest with you. Now, clearly, neither does but, he but, or them because they haven't got him up for anything. I would have never predicted that Sylvester Stallone would be the whatever character he is in Guardians either. Right. Uh, that one of the Reavers or Ravagers yeah. or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that worked. Or, great. like, even actually, like any of their 
castings where you go, hold, like Robert Redford, what the fuck? Or Glenn Close yes. as the, the leader of the Nova Corps. What the fuck? I love, I love these castings, though. I mean, fucking uh, uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, it's amazing. Uh, or Kate Blanchett is hella. Yeah. Like, what? Look, you, really? they, they want Angelina Jolie for Eternals. Get Keanu in on this. But I like that he's waiting for the right role because definitely, he look, he just can't have a lot of lines. That's all I'm saying. Minimal lines, more action. I think the surfer is probably the safest bet. The surfer would be kind of badass. I could see him do it, but he'll be covered in like CGI silver. Maybe he becomes Norrin Rad as a human. Uh, let's move on to Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's because it is coming out June second, and there's also already spoiler-free social media reactions and geek boner. They're positive, but they're always positive when it comes to a Marvel movie. Sure, but. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> They're always the same thing, and you're always—they are always. And I fall. I mean, I love the Marvel. We're talking about hyperbole. This is where but, the hyperbole but, comes. But the hyperbole yeah. for the every Marvel movie um, pre-screening is just crazy. Best movie whatever, ever. Whatever, yeah. Oh yeah, I love this movie. That's pretty much what the that's internet basically is basically every right. Twitter. Yeah, right. yeah. But the, 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 there's been certain things that have been repeated, certain details that have been very interesting. Here's everything to take away. Apparently, the ending is some crazy, will blow your mind ending that can't be missed. There's two post credit scenes, uh, and you don't want to miss them. So, a lot of people reacting to the ending of this movie. Uh, I don't know what this means. Uh, possibly the best version of MJ yet. Oh, I, I did see that one a lot. The repeated Zendaya's great, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, that's the other one. Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal getting a lot of praise yeah. as Mysterio. I have complete faith in both of those actors. Yes, they're great. And Gyllenhaal, you know, it's great because he would have made a great young Spider-Man had he been chosen, you know, in the Toby Toby Maguire era. But uh, he's always he's always good in everything, and he transforms himself. Let me ask Ruggs this because I know he was very hard on on Far From Home. What things do they need to improve from Far oh, From Home? Good question. That would, that you would like. I to just see think in this movie. that you got to get the. Because I wasn't the biggest fan of Far From Home either. I just think that one of the things that they did with, was what they did with Far From Home is that they made, you know, they did this little tonal thing where they made it Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, they did it like they did a John Hughes movie, yeah. and um, they made uh, Peter Parker like a cool dude, and they made him like have. His his whole desire was to be an Avenger and do and all that stuff, and it just didn't really seem like the guy that we know as the Peter Parker who's very grounded and uh, and has uh, is preoccupied with keeping his secret and not telling anybody, and nobody knows who who he is, and and, and that's the, and, and he has to kind of hide himself, like the fact that he's got these powers, all of these things that are so uniquely Peter Parker were gone. I think if you can restore some of that, mm. but you can't. The cat's out of the bag. Aunt, uh, Aunt, May, Aunt May knows, knows everything. Everybody knows. Aunt May's hot. He gets the hottest girl in school. <laughs> like, all that knows, right. apparently How now. do you dial it back? I don't know. So, like, I'm not really <laughs> expecting them to write the ship. Right. I'm just like, all right, they're going to make another one of these fucking movies, and I just hope that they don't keep piling on more. They've already, like, taken him too far one way. I just don't want them to keep going in that direction. I just think they either just... Put the brakes on that and let him kind of simmer in this area. Let, like, I guess, let it be that way. I like that, yeah. Or if you keep pushing him to be, like, they're doing this thing where in the in the commercials it's probably misdirection, where they're trying to say, oh, you're going to be the next Iron Man. And that's exactly the opposite of what should be said. 
he should be Spider-Man. He's a unique hero, more popular than Iron Man ever was in his in ever. But in that universe, yes, it's they it's they've the created this. Yeah, yeah, they've created this completely. So they got to work thing. in that, and I'm I'm looking forward to see how they deal with the post end game. Uh, yeah, I mean world. He's got to carve out his own path and be his own person. A lot of people are saying and, th- that it's better than Spider-Man Homecoming, but I've seen some that are saying they liked Homecoming better. It just depends what you're looking for, I guess. Uh, it also, I don't yeah. know. Also, they say expect some bizarre scenes. It demands repeat viewings, and it's a great <laughs> epilogue. That's a great, yeah, demands that's repeat viewings. That's a great one, that's a great one for Marvel to push over out. Again. Watch it over and over again. <laughs> uh, a perfect oh, Avengers Endgame <laughs> epilogue. Uh, so this is a nice way to close out phase four. A lot of people saying the most comic booky Marvel movie yet, but I've heard that again oh for God. other movies oh, every time. But Jake Gyllenhaal, great Mysterio. Uh, I'm uh, it's giving me uh, give me give me excited. I'm, uh, I, I did see those and I did get a little bit more hyped. I was going, oh, this might this is going to be good. They got something. There's some weird twisty thing that happens at the end that suddenly got me interested. So I have a uh, yeah, I have some hope that it will actually be good the other spider-man thing happened on the internet this week rugs did you see this countdown of numbers yeah with webs? they started with a four yeah so this was a little uh misleading and ultimately disappointing maybe we'll see there was a number four in a web and it looked a lot like the designs from the sam raimi spider-man movies and the rumor was this was Spider-Man 4, the comic book adaptation of what was supposed to be Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4. That's an excellent conjecture. Or maybe even Spider-Man 4 coming out in another form. And so Twitter was and, and, and social media was crazy. Then the next day, you get a three. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's just a countdown. What are they counting down to? What are they counting down to? Well, this is what it was. A little bit of a letdown, maybe not if you're a comic book fan, but J.J. Abrams... And his son, Henry Abrams, are going to be writing a new Spider-Man miniseries that introduces a new villain. Uh, it's this is a comic? It is a comic book. Oh. It's a five-part Spider-Man miniseries. Henry, his son, is 20 years old. Sarah Pacelli is doing the art. So they put out the cover. It's, uh, it's really nice. Sarah Pacelli is great. It's going to introduce a new villain called Cadaverous. Who will cause all kinds of trouble for both Peter Parker? Uh, he's promising, you know, you're gonna get see Peter like you've never seen him before. Of course. So, on paper, you know, sounds exciting. What I thought was interesting is uh, Jerry, the great Jerry Conway, who wrote Spider-Man in the '70s, some of the best runs. Rugs, you know Jerry Conway, right? Sure. He tweeted. He tweeted some <laughs> shit. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He tweeted a little bit of shade. He's like, ah. Uh, J.J. Abrams is not writing a comic book. He's going to have a conversation with his son who will write the comic book, and they just put their name on it. And I kind of feel like that may be true. It's probably true. I don't know. But, like, 20-year-old fucking Henry Abrams, has he uh, – what's his pedigree? Has he written anything? Uh, it's uh, it's not an adaptation. Does it matter? No. Your dad's, like, a famous dude, nepotism you at kind its of finest. Like, yeah, like, hey, hey, son, what would you want to – I want to – Marvel – is Marvel averse to putting people who've never written comics no. before on their labels? No. Dad, I want to write a comic they book. They do that now all the time. Well, son, so. let me see what I could do. I will call – so, ultimately, kind of disappointing. People were like, oh, that's what that was? I might check yeah. it out, but – Look who doesn't read superhero comics anymore for that reason. Yeah. Not only we have all these movies coming out and superhero movies, the amount of superhero content on TV has exploded. There is yet another show 
about to debut in June, and it is The Boys from Amazon. They put out a first full trailer. Did you guys get to check out this trailer? Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) This is based on a comic that was put out by Wildstorm and then Dynamite. Uh, The trailer... Really gory, really violent, and amazing use of a Spice Girl song. I will have to say I won't give a point. Anthony, what would you think of this, uh, the look of this? You know, I mean, it is violent. I, I noticed that it's a CGI kind of violence. It's a little bit of CGI blood everywhere. Yeah. Which kind of takes you out of it. But um, overall, the overall concept, and I had a Wikipedia after what the concept really is, but I did get it from the trailer as well. I wanted to confirm I like the idea of these heroes being a little crazier, a little, you know, destructive, and then these normal people are getting together to just take these guys out. I like that concept. So, it's so a, in that sense, the it is interesting. The boys are a group of, uh, they're not powered? Vigilantes. Oh, they're no, vigilantes. They're they put there to put the corrupt superheroes in check. Yeah, sort they're of. there to just take, yeah, take out these corrupt superheroes. They get hired. They're like superhero mercenaries. They're not even, yeah, I think, I don't even know if they're mercenaries. They're just people that have had enough. I don't know what this particular version of the boys is going to be. Yeah. I don't no, know I what actually didn't, they're going to I didn't get the, I didn't get the full angle, but I know it's just, I know that these guys aren't superheroes. Right. The, 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 the superheroes are like, there's a dude who turns invisible who's like a dick. They got to stop him. Uh, and uh, the, I, the, <laughs> the violence and car is kind of crazy. Uh, but it looks good. It looks. I've heard the book is really, really like pushed gr- uh, graphic content. It pushed the line oh, of yeah, graphic definitely. content, which is surprising because Wildstorm was under DC when this was coming out. So like DC Comics was putting out a super fucking graphic violent book for well, a little. When bit. I was uh, going to the comic book store when it was out, the guy would tell me the guy who owned the story. He's like, "You got to read this. It's so crazy." But then I would. F- thumb through it and I go, this is too gross for me. <laughs> this is so violent. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if I'll enjoy this, you know, but like, I mean, I think I bought a couple issues and like maybe read one or two and that was it. Created by Garth Ennis. So if you're a fan of uh, Preacher and as Hellblazer run, you kind of will get uh, the sense of, of, you know, his sensibility and he does some weird shit. But again, another fucking thing to watch that I'm going to try to watch like Jessica Jones season three, which is out now. Let's get a quick watch update on the Netflix show. Anthony, how many have you watched? One episode. One episode. One. <laughs> ah, ah, but ah, I, went, ah. I am going to Vegas. Okay. So when the show comes out, I will be in Vegas. And I plan to try to watch a little bit on the flight. Plane time. You, get to, you can binge a bunch. A little bit. I mean, not a ton because the flight isn't particularly long. But Ruggs, how many have you watched? I don't know. I think eight. Okay. I'm, uh, I am 10 episodes in. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just kind of power. You know what? I forgot that it was 13 episodes and I thought it was 10 and that kind of affected my viewing. I was like, oh, this is the last one. And then I was like, oh, wait, fuck. These are 13. I'm actually enjoying it. Um, Thoughts so um, far, Anthony. What do you guys think? Yeah. Oh, you one episode for me. So skip my thoughts. uh, Rugs thoughts so far. I mean, it's it. It's a detective story. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like a Batman detective. Absolutely. It's like she's. Trying to uh, catch a serial killer. It's like Seven or any of those movies, yeah, basically. Yeah. And or actually, the best um, 
the best uh, analogy is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. It's, you got your Moriarty. It is like who's a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got Jessica Jones, who's like trying to hunt him down. There's a lot of investigating. And he's like two steps ahead of her yep. every time. A lot of manipulation, a lot of detective shit. I've been digging it. The music's really good this season. Performances are great. But I got a uh, so far standout. Honestly, Carrie Ann Moss, Jaron Hogarth's story is really good. And it's like she in the last season, it was also very compelling. And, you know, where it left oh, off, I, she had ALS. I kind of like her her storyline in this season. I fast forwarded through that whole thing. You don't like it this time? I'm really enjoying her fucking. I was like, I'm not interested in seeing Carrie Ann Moss, you know, at the end of her life trying to like uh, seduce this woman and ruin this guy's life. Oh my god, I love that shit. So, she's like manipulating things, and she's just so, cold and fucking calculating. Yeah, so I'm like, I know where this is going, so I don't need to like. I just fast forward through. I like, I I can I can tell what's gonna happen. <laughs> like, I'm digging. I'm digging. Like, it's like Moss. it's telegraphed too much. So like, uh, I'm like, I'm not gonna waste my time. I already know what's gonna happen. I like her cold, calculating character. She so. does a good job. But yeah, I, I had to tune that out. Oh yeah. Whoa. What you watching it? Spoilers? No, no. I didn't know if I didn't. I just tuned all that out just so that if there were spoilers. No, I, I wasn't gonna. I'm trying not to spoil it. That's all I wanted to say. Oh okay. So yeah, well, uh, no, I definitely put some spoilers in there. But I mean, that's if fine. You've never watched Jessica Jones. You know exactly what. I don't think you spoiled anyway. anything really. No, I, I like I said, I wasn't paying. We'll have a full review once everyone is caught up on the last season. Should be fun. All right, let's take probably a, yeah. in a week or two. All right, we'll do it. Yeah, you got plane time. Yeah, I can get it done by next week. Plane time, right on. All right, we'll see. We will uh, be uh, maybe next week. We're gonna take a break, play some promos, and we'll be right back with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers review. I never thought I'd be saying that. After these messages, we'll be right back. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV, I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, hooligans. This is Michael. This is Michelle. This is Jeremy. From Who the What Now. The show about... Strange stories from the internet. And Bigfoot came over and beat his ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, like, knocked him around a little bit, and he just kind of went limp, and Bigfoot left. Pop culture. John Fodd. Van Clam. John Fodd Van Clam gonna... was supposed to be the alien in Predator. Mm-hmm. And, like, did, like, a jump splits, and, like, ended up with his, like, bat right in the dude's face. That, that's it's his like, move. Do I get the part? In our crazy lives. I'm like, oh, there's a cat on my back. And then, all of a sudden, I feel something. I feel a furry paw go down my ass crack. <laughs> Just slide right down my ass crack. I was like, what are you doing? You can catch us on all your favorite podcast applications. Spotify. iTunes. Libsyn. iHeartRadio. Stitcher. Yamamas. 
<laughs> and wherever else you find, you, you, they have quality podcasts. <laughs> so don't miss out on the next. Who the, the what, what now? Listener, if you enjoy the show and you want to support and you want more show, join our fan club, jockandair.com slash Patreon, where there's a bunch of tiers. You can as little as a dollar a month or $3 or $5 or $10. Visit the fan club because you will get access to a bonus RSS feed, a whole other podcast feed that has the Jock and Nerd show come out early every week. The spinoff show come out early when I can. And then bonus <laughs> movie reviews, instant reactions. This week, Anthony Jock Talk with Chaz. Their bottom is is very weak. And our listener and supporter, Blake Braden. First time for Blake, right? First time for Blake, yeah. That's awesome. I love when you... First time I think he's ever been on a podcast. Really? Yeah. He was good. Uh, I, uh, I'm so glad. I love when you get the listeners involved. Uh, just like Jimmy Graven, man. Jimmy Graven used to do podcasting. I think we he's we got the podcasting bug. We we got him to bite the bug again. He's got the bug. He's got the bug. He's got quick, the bug. For the uh, audience that does anticipate this stuff, which some of you do, um, this week I had an episode with Brian Franklin, who's a friend of mine uh, who has his own podcast and his own website. Uh, it's a very sports related podcast, so check that out if you're interested. Um, but next week. There will not be a spinoff show. I'm taking a one-week hiatus because I will be in Vegas, and I'm going to be tired, and I don't want to do any. I don't want to schedule anyone. So it'll return in two weeks. Have fun in Vegas. And, of course, if you didn't go to Vegas, how would we vicariously live through your adventures? Maybe I'll have some stories. You better have some fucking stories, Anthony. Do it for the show. Just get into trouble. You'll have some stories. I want to hear a fucking, I had to get bailed out one night. Well, this will be, so the last time I went to Vegas, I was dating somebody. Oh, shit. This will be the first time in not that long, two years that I've been single going to Vegas. So we'll see what happens. Let me tell you about Tony, all right? Tony ruins lives. Remember that, Vegas. (laughs) Remember that. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, sign up. You you get all sorts of bonus content. Jockinair.com slash Patreon. And if you give us $10 a month, this is the tier where you can pick any movie for us to review. And we've jokingly, I've, you know, dubbed this tier, uh, force Anthony to watch a movie that he's never seen. And it's been hilarious to see him squirm and sit through shit that he would never watch. However, this time, I think it's backfired on me and Russ. Oh, shit. Uh, because finally, because this <laughs> Keith and Denkinger, loyal listener and supporter, has picked the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie from 1995. Yeah, the original movie, which we are going to review on the show right now. We're filling the order. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. I don't know. Maybe somebody who's been waiting to watch this and doesn't want to get spoiled. So this one sponsored. Yeah, watch out! Watch out! You might, you might learn something uh, that gives away the plot of the movie. Oh god! And the crazy twist at the end. This one, Rugs. Do you think this backfired on us this time? Well, you know, <laughs> I've watched tons of bad movies, yes. but uh, this one was rough. Yeah, it was a little rough. It's for a me. little rough. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out in 1995. Of course, based on the hit kids show. That ran from 1993 to 1996 in the U.S., which, of course, is based on the Japanese Super Sentai series that has been running from since 1975. Oh, shit. And it's still going. 
in Japan. Yeah. Season after season of Zords and these Sentai characters. Uh, this summer, June 1995, other movies that came out, just to put you back in that mind frame, Apollo 13, Tom Hanks, Batman Forever. Casper? Not Casper. Was that, was that out in 1995? Pocahontas. I think so. Pocahontas came out in 1995. And uh, Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd. Another comic book movie. Uh, we should revisit maybe. Ninety four was a much better year. Casper, yeah. so Casper was ninety five too. The only reason I remember that is I saw previews <laughs> in either a magazine yeah. or a newspaper for Casper. Did that get you excited? And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. And I was as a seven year old. <laughs> I went, this is the summer that dreams are made of. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to see both of these movies. Okay, so you were seven in 1995 for the listener. this I missed the whole Pokemon Power Rangers thing in 95. I was in college experimenting with drugs and things, you know. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, this isn't for you. This was not me or Rugs Jam. This was I never would have watched this movie on my own. So, good. Actually. Kudos to Keith for getting me to watch something. There's two things that I want to point out about this movie yeah. and in the Power Rangers in general. So, number one, Power Rangers were on TV, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I watched the Power Rangers on TV because Why? it was <laughs> not because it was a good show, but because it had kaiju in it. Yeah, it, it was kind of yeah, and it had a giant robot fighting the kaiju. That's true. So, I would basically just every once in a while for a little kicking, you know, a little, little jolly. I would go and uh, watch, uh, you know, the Megazord and fight the stupid thing or whatever, <laughs> and then watch it explode. Um, and I like that because it's like man in suit, blah blah yeah, blah, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, the thing is, there's none of that in this movie. <laughs> no, that's, that's absolutely number one. true. Absolutely. Number true. two, this movie came out like a year after or something after Jurassic Park. Yes. So. When you see the effects in this movie and how dismal it, they are, like you're like, holy fuckballs. They they should have just done what they did on TV. The TV show's better than this. Wow. All right, look. We'll, well, we can get into that. That's, that's a good yeah. point. Let's get to the numbers. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 37%. 4.4 out of 10. This movie was made for, I don't have a production budget. I got 15 mil. Okay, that makes sense. 15, Jesus Christ. 15 million. Opening weekend, it makes 13 million. Finishes at 38 million domestic, 66 worldwide. This movie is directed by this dude named Brian Spicer. You should be... He should be kicking the he ball every day for the rest of the He has done lots of television. Dude's still working. Lot of TV, not a lot of movies around this time. He also uh, directed, what was the other? Oh, Mc, the McHale's Navy movie. And for richer or poorer. And like, those were his only movies. Everything else. No one gives a fuck about any of those movies. He's literally done one or two episodes of almost every TV show for the past fucking 25 years. Uh, but the movie also stars... Half of the original cast from the TV, am I correct? Or this was the at the time the TV uh, most of the cast. No, I don't think it's the entire TV cast, but it was most of the cast. So you have Karen Ashley as the Yellow Ranger, Johnny Young Bosch as the Black Ranger, Steve. Yeah, they had to do a swap because that's what I read. The Yellow Ranger was in was was Asian, right? And the Black Ranger was in black. Yeah. So they thought it was too racial. So the the so Asian they, Ranger they is now it. the Black uh, Ranger and the uh, Asian and the Black and I don't know. They flipped it. Yeah, that's what they exactly Steve Cardenas as the Red Ranger, Jason David Frank as the White Ranger, Amy Joe Johnson as the Pink Ranger. Every, every uh 
kid my age's crush back then. She was a cutie. David Yost as the Blue Ranger. So you got one, two, three, four. There were six fucking Rangers in this movie. And then I got to shout out Paul Freeman, who plays Ivan Ooze, the big <laughs> bad guy, uh, because he just seemed to be having a lot of fun in this movie. Uh, so this apparently this is the first Power Rangers production from Saban Entertainment not to feature any reused archive footage from Super Sentai. So, so I was just going to say about that yeah. since you mentioned it. Yes. That, as an adult. Yeah. Finding that out. Yeah. That that movie, the, the TV show was using stock With all footage, stock the whole time footage from Japan. Fucking mind blowing. <laughs> I, mean, I thought that was all filmed. <laughs> the longest time I thought that was all filmed here which is probably why rugs you no. felt the tv show had better fucking effects I, the tv show actually super sentai is actually uh a lot better than power rangers by far yeah. it's taken a little bit more seriously um I, and you know the way the stuff is filmed is a little bit better um the action sequences have a little bit more violence and they, they've been heavily edited um so super sentai it's one of those uniquely Japanese cool things like, you know, like Godzilla right. and all yep, that stuff. Yep. So I was drawn to that. The I, I hated any of the human scenes. The only thing that made it any palatable was that the fact that Amy Jo Johnson was cute. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a cute chick at least. But like, and she does. And she I think she was a, a gymnast. So she could actually. Oh, she could do some of those some flips of the, and shit. Yeah, she could do some flips and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, um. Yeah, so I was familiar with the show, and and that's the charm that it had when it was on TV is that it was Japanese. They, it, you know, they whitewashed it. They they took all the Japanese uh, it's actors. The American out version they, is. Uh, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not as much as a ripoff as an American port of the thing. But Super Sentai, you can also credit to inspiring fucking Voltron, Dragon Ball Z, tons of other stuff you like, anything with giant robots. Uh, you know, I think it, a lot of it was uh, inspired by the Super Sentai series, and I was just shocked that it's still going on. It was brilliant because they 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 had they transformed into the Power Rangers, and they were their faces were now hidden. Right. So now you could swap you out a, any yeah, actors. You, you could do this in India. You could yeah. do it in in anywhere. And kind of a brilliant do, franchise. Yeah. So look, like I just said, this is not my jam. I this is the first time I watched this movie. Anthony, take us back to 1995. You're seven years old. What did the Power Rangers mean to you, and how did you oh have a God. tiny little chubby boner, boner when this movie came out? And first off, at seven years old, I don't think I could pop a boner. Huh? I don't think nowadays so. nowadays with the pheromones and the hormones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, power. This is this is the the show that was one of the big shows of my childhood. I remember watching this every week. I remember one day it was like a Friday, and I didn't understand the concept of shows having seasons and eventually ending. Yeah. So I turned on Power Rangers at the normal time. Wasn't on. Not even a rerun. Just nothing. Something something else. Was oh on. my god. And I remember just calling out to my dad going, <laughs> oh, no. what? like just being like appalled that there's something else was on and it'd be and he had to like placate me by being like, I'll buy you a toy. Like that that was that, that was like the I was so angry that Power Rangers wasn't on. So suffice to say, when they announced a movie, I was insanely excited. <laughs> like I remember waiting in line to get a seat for this movie. Wow. Like it was a packed theater yeah. too. And we went like on a Saturday night, a Saturday afternoon. It was a packed theater. So, I mean, what did Power Rangers mean to me? I mean, it was like I said, and like Rugboy actually mentioned, I think the reason why it, um, I was drawn to it was cause a lot of like, they blow up into a giant robot yeah. and then they fight a kaiju. Fucking I remember cool. seeing the, um, the live 
like theaters type touring show of Power Rangers at the United Center. Oh, they did one of those. They did one of those oh, too. Oh shit! And like they had the human in the costume fighting the giant screen, which was the robot. Oh, okay. Like, it was, wow. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, it, go ahead. It was. It's basically. I grew up with Voltron, yes. and this was a live action. It Voltron. kind of was really shitty, very live action Voltron. Is what I, it I do remember me vividly. This is another memory before we get into the movie. Uh, where my uncle was with me and he loved martial arts and I, I think he was just placating me but I was like you like martial arts you like kung fu you gotta check out the show with me it's called Power Rangers and he's like fine I'll sit down and watch it with you he watches it with me and I'm like isn't this awesome and at, by the end of it he goes that's really bad it's, it's terrible like this, this is awful I didn't like it at all I'm just like you don't understand martial arts then this is great uh, uh, so did you uh you watched it back then. How well did you remember this? Did you rewatch oh, it recently? So I was going to do this entire review based on nostalgia because that's how well I remember yeah, this. Yeah, which would have been interesting. <laughs> then I decided to catch bits and pieces and kind of just refresh my memory on things. Yeah. So um, do, are we going in opening thoughts? Yeah, give me your opening okay. thoughts of the movie. I'll do it in two ways. As a kid, yeah. 10 out of 10. Of course. <laughs> yes. The best movie ever. Sure. Legitimately the best movie ever. The... The how long fight. is it the best? How long was the is it the best movie ever in your life? Like when at one point did you, did you realize <laughs> this was that it was not wasn't? the best? Well, the, the problem is, is I saw so even bought the VHS. Oh so. shit! Wow. Okay. But the problem is, after I turned maybe ten or eleven, I never watched it again. Mm. So it always was ingrained as the best. As a seven-year-old, you had the you as had a seven-year-old as the best. Memory, yeah. So yeah. the best movie yeah. ever. I love the fight scenes. I love the end where the giant. CGI robots, which I didn't recognize, were t- per- terrible CGI. Yeah. Are fighting like all of it. It was great. Yeah. Um, as an adult now, <laughs> being objective, yeah. it's probably one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, made. it's up there. It's definitely <laughs> up there. Oh, shit. <laughs> as, like, w- yeah, go ahead. Like when I saw Masters <laughs> of the Universe, yes. I thought it was shitty. Yeah. Like I knew it was yeah. bad. And then when I watch it now, I'm like, well, it's not that it wasn't as bad as I remember it. <laughs> this is the complete opposite. It was like I was too young to enjoy that movie. Like this movie, it's like you have to be a child. Yes, you have to yes. Be it. I had to remind I, I was me of seven. Yes, you have yeah. to. I mean, this movie reminded me of Masters of the Universe. Uh, as also. Rugway mentioned, and I, I, he he said it, but I'll just echo it. The thing that makes it's like like this movie would have been fun as an adult if it would have just taken on the. The schlock that was the TV show. Yeah, it's like the first thirty minutes of this are actually is quintessential Power Rangers. Yeah, like they're in the suits, they're fighting. There's all this weird wire work. They're announcing what they're gonna do before they do <laughs> it. Every fucking motion, every swing whoosh. of their arm has a whoosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's that's all great. But the thing that got me into it from the even as a child was the fact that it was men in suits, right? Yeah, and they they bastardize all of that and just go let's go cgi with all this and the cgi is so god awful yeah it's like playstation one quality oh my god it's a really bad video game this is the same year that jurassic <laughs> in 1995 like, like after, Ju- yeah. Yeah, after jurassic park in the movie they make a jurassic park reference well, they do, don't they? They're, That's when right. they're on the planet they go 
Welcome to Jurassic Park. And I'm like, wait, why are you drawing attention to a better movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, why are you drawing attention to like the fact that your CGI sucks dog shit out of a fucking straw? Uh, I just love how they talk in really bad one-liner jokes. Like that's well, the that, entirety did you notice of that. that they, when they do the fight scenes, you can tell that the, the lines they're saying are voiced over. Oh, yeah. No, I've, you know, there's so many great moments in this movie. With, when, when they're not wearing the mask, yes, they're voiced over. There are so many moments where you're like, uh, they shouldn't be able to hear each other right now. Like, how are they even hearing each They're skydiving and talking to each other. Oh, She's yeah. standing next to an open airplane just talking normally. How, how about the one scene <laughs> where in the... Uh, the uh, the Yellow Ranger's hurt. I believe it's the Yellow Ranger, and the Blue Ranger goes to check on her. So to check on her, he does like twenty backflips. <laughs> goes, I, Are you okay? I love when they decide to backflip instead of run, which would just oh God. be quicker. It's, that's faster. Yes, the backflipping is a little bit faster. <laughs> and then he hits the pose, and like there's somebody turns to the camera. Rugs, is this the first time you've seen this movie? I mm, I was dating a girl once. Oh, get out! Me? Oh and no. Her, her nephew was into the Power Rangers. Okay. Oh, okay. So I think I saw like uh, they were watching it on on DVD or something, and I watched like the I saw the CG fight. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like I was like actually like okay, cool, like whatever. I, I've seen the Power Rangers before, and then the CG was so bad. I was like. Just fucking put the guys in the I don't suit. Know why, they, why would yeah, you do that's this? That's a really good point because it cuts back between, you know, the live shot of them in the little cockpit and then to just, it looks like a cartoon shitty video game. It was so bad. Like, I mean, it was bad. I would have like, rather have seen dudes in suits. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think they, when they made the movie, like, oh, we have a movie budget. Yeah. Let's play around. Did you, did you guys catch. Rugboy may appreciate this more. Did you catch the miniature train? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. That whole town is miniature. Yes, there's a lot of miniatures. They cut the random miniatures yeah. with the train and the buildings. They're yeah, so they, bad miniatures. They, there was some really... I, I was actually trying to figure out, is that CG or is that a miniature? I couldn't figure but it out. But if you had miniatures, it would have been but, great uh, to see a person but, actually but like, smash it. I, the funny thing is, like, as a Godzilla fan, I saw better miniatures in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, they're horrible. Like... <laughs> This is the thing. I was like, I'm, I'm watching this movie, and then I'm like, okay, they've uh, they lost their, they've lost Zordon, whatever Zordon or whatever. Uh, Zordon, yeah. Zordon dies. They lose Zordon, their powers. Oh, he's, he's not. He doesn't die. Oh, he's dying. Kind of. And then they they become streaks of light, and they fly through the universe. Really and shitty like, streaks of light that are just painted. Then on. they land on this planet where they're supposed to seek this new pl- power. And then this hooded figure appears, and. For some reason, it's a hooded figure, but then it reveals that it's a half-naked chick. And I was like, oh! And she never puts the thing back on again. She just reveals herself as half a na- half-naked witch lady. And uh, I was like, okay, at least I thank God that there was a perverted director, because now I at least I got something to look at. And uh, I was like, this is really inappropriate for a kid's film, but I, you know, I'm glad they did it. Uh, and, it, um, Anthony, when you were seven, first of all, uh, the character. <laughs> like, what were you thinking of when you saw it? I, I got Dulcea, played I, by. I got to admit. Gabriel Fitz, Fitzpatrick, can I just tell you? She's fucking smoking. Amazing body on Dulcea. I got to admit, as a seven year old, I knew what. I knew what was sexy, and that was sexy for me. I was like, ooh, this is good. But as an adult now, looking back on that, yeah. the reason why I think they did that is because 
she's basically the entire. She knows the entire plot. Yeah, she's the, the movie. She's, the she's just the exposition, yeah. and they had to make her interesting. So they're like, let's put her, make her hot. That's in this fucking movie. <laughs> she doesn't really do no. anything. She just like takes glitter and blows it into <laughs> a flame. And then leaves. Yeah. She turns into an owl. Yeah, she was she- an owl. And she's like, I can't leave here or I'll age. So, like, she's but just why there. why did she have that that cloak? Like, I don't know. So she could that turn way. around and reveal herself. So she could hide from the trees. Uh, yes. Like, <laughs> she never got the cloak back. She was just, I thought she had the cloak for a reason. She is Xena like, warrior princess sexy. Let me just, I don't know. It, just, uh, it was so awkward. Also, this is the same scene where they have, like, the Wizard of Oz flying bird people, which was uh, very that was creepy. Funny. I mean, you had that. I, I did enjoy, as a kid, I enjoyed both of those. Yeah. But I did enjoy the the that the fact that in the first fight scene these guys just explode into ooze oh my god there's so much slime in this movie also kids that was the thing in the 90s nickelodeon people they love did you guys get any did you guys feel like you were watching x-men apocalypse no no worse Uh, i liked (laughs) wait i gotta i gotta call out something in this and i don't know if anybody's gonna get this reference but the kid's dad who gets the ooze yeah yeah right That guy looks exactly like the guy who owns the t-shirt store from Jersey Shore. Like, I <laughs> oh, thought it yeah. was him. I thought oh, it was him. That is actually a really good point. Oh, my God. That I'm might like, be the how same did guy. this guy look exactly like the Jersey Shore? Guy. I wouldn't know. It is the know. t-shirt store guy. Is it? No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. But, I mean, it's so, it's so similar. Oh, my God. I, I was like, it's too close. Has anybody else made that comparison? Uh, we'll have to well, uh, investigate. But no one has because no one's talked about yeah, this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Look, let me tell you, I knew what I was getting into. Like, I knew, you know, I was aware of the Power Rangers. And I'm like, I'm just, it's exactly what I expected. Like a slightly longer uh, episode of Power well, Rangers. Well, well that's the, pro- actually, that's why the movie is is bad. In a, in a way is because it's actually not what you expect. No, it should have been more like the TV it show. It should have been more like the TV show except just ramped up to 11. Yeah, I think that what they should have done is just done what they do on the TV show to a, on a higher scale and a larger scale with better, like, you know... Better suits. Suits, yeah, yeah better better decorations. But what do you call it? Miniatures. Better miniatures and... and right. yeah, yeah. yeah, and... I, I like I... I think I mentioned earlier, but I think it starts out like pretty good in terms of what you like a power ranger show like they start off skydiving okay can we talk about the beginning because it's hilarious but, but, but i mean like, they randomly start skydiving yes like, oh this is there's this, no explanation, there's no explanation for it. but it's this charity. is power rangers it's a charity okay but then also <laughs> they start rollerblading yes and they're doing all their flips rollerblading and you're like okay this is like if you are a Power Raiders fan, you know that all they do is flip around. So let's just put them in different yes. situations where they're going to flip around. I feel around. like they just had to put in these mandatory 90s extreme sports but, for but the, the sports the, people. The, the whole thing goes downhill when they go to the other planet. Did you watch the new Power Rangers? I think we did. Right? I know. I have, not I, have seen, not. I have not seen the new one. I did watch it. Is it better or worse than this? Oh, it's a thousand times okay, better yeah, than I, this. I would assume so. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. I mean, we'll, we'll get into our ratings later, but. This is probably the worst movie we've ever talked about. Uh, probably, absolutely. <laughs> this is all due to Keith and Denkinger. It, it, it's like, like if you watch like Mac and Me, that's like oh, the worst movie I think that exists. Movie. That was a bad movie. We talked about that. Uh, in but is this worse five. than Mac and Me? Whoa, it's close. Oh, here, let's say that. Let's. Is it worse than a movie we've we've reviewed on here? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck's way. I better think Howard than the Duck that. is wow. more entertaining yeah. than this movie. At least I don't know. It's uh, it's a little edgier. Can I just ask a question? In the very beginning, they're jumping, and this is 
for the town of Angel Grove, which 6,000 years ago, Ivan Ooze decided to pick Angel Grove and to be in an egg of course. for some reason. Uh, but this is uh, it's a charity event. It's the Jumpathon to save the observatory. Oh, shit. First of all, they love their observatory. Second of all, how do you raise money jumping out of a fucking plane? I don't understand how any of this works. Come on, be creative. But then, yes, instantly, then they're just on rollerblades and they find the egg. I got to give credit to uh, Paul Freeman as Ivanus. He reminded me a lot of uh, Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Uh, what's that dude's name, Ruggs, who played him? Uh, I just I just had his name. You had him with Skeletor? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, uh, Franklin Jella. Franklin Jella, clearly having fun in that role. Paul Freeman having a blast with this over-the-top news, But it's just hilarious because sometimes he's British. Sometimes it sounds like he's Southern. So I don't know what the accent is supposed to be. <laughs> uh, but the lines are great. Uh, so, yeah, I was in for I But I secretly, though, I was I was I would watch this like porn. Like I didn't want my oh, wife my to walk in. And I'd have okay. to explain why I'm watching <laughs> Power Rangers. Like, I would turn it off. Because so, I'm like, I can't. I just don't worry about this. I can't explain why I'm watching this right now. Yeah, I made sure that no one I knew was around. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing to watch. I'm like, like, there was no one coming. Like, I, looked, I checked outside the window. There was no deliveries coming. Yeah, I had to look yeah. down the street. I was no like, was okay. gonna... How old is Keith and Deckinger? Keith and, uh, I don't know. Do we know how old He's he is? probably the age that grew up with this. I'm not sure. <laughs> Keith and how old are you? I can't hear. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to um, make a comparison. Okay. Here. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It, it's a TV show that got converted into a movie. Uh, it was made for kids who uh, watch the TV show. And what do you compare it to uh, in terms of quality, uh, money spent? Uh, um, I guess awareness. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in 1990. Oh, yeah. And as as campy as that movie is, I feel like that movie has so much artistry in it. It does. It does. It does. And is is uh, uh, every bit as watchable as it when I first saw it. In fact, I admire it even more now. I mean, you want to talk about man in suits, those animatronics. You yeah. never saw anything so like that. They were really good. There was a precedent where they someone had carved out a path. Five years prior, yeah, true. What could be done with a kid's property, and uh, this is just like for this to like be so like <laughs> I don't know. Just see, like it it pales in comparison to the TV show that it is. Yeah, That's absolutely. surprising, and uh, even- so I can't imagine your parents or any person. Taking you to the movies and not be wanting to slit their wrists while they're sitting there watching. <laughs> oh shit! Like, I feel bad for every parent that took a kid. They to had the to watch. At least yeah, they were I, still I don't know who it. took me, my mom or my dad. <laughs> yeah, ask your mom about this. So yeah. apparently, they this is all filmed in Australia and it ran over budget and ran late, and they had to film the show while they were there in Australia. They went right back to like filming the TV show. And, and apparently, I think you mentioned it, but just to reiterate, the first time that they didn't use stock Sentai footage. So these guys now are, they're wearing these 40-pound suits. Now, I don't know how many times in the show they actually had to wear the suit, but clearly they had to wear it a lot more fucking heavy-ass suits. And like, there's a whole scene where they're just walking through the forest for like five minutes. I'm like, uh, what? are they going to get anywhere? What's going on here? Uh, and then just the fucking one-liners are amazing. You ooze, you lose. <laughs> Want to play leapfrog? I just, I just like that. 
the White Ranger or whatever, just immediately after getting their uh, a- the, their animal uh, totem, yeah. he just stares into the camera and says, Ninjetti. Ninjetti. I don't even know what that is. We have no idea what Ninjetti is. Do they know what Ninjetti is? Does anybody, no one explain what Ninjetti is? Is there a power? Like, what does it do? Nobody knows. I love how they they morph from, like, (laughs) not having, uh, like, scarves on their heads, and then they go, Ninjetti, and then they just have scarves on their heads. Like, they're not in a quite complete (laughs) outfit. The transformation (laughs) is basically lifting up a thing. Yeah, it's putting a hood over. Yeah. But let me ask you this, Frog Zord, how is this useful? Come on, Frog Zord, really? He used the tongue. He used the tongue, yeah. He did yeah, use man. the tongue. Fal- fucking, it's just hilarious. Everyone is like cool animals, like Falcon, Bear, Wolf. He's like Frog. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> he's a fucking frog. Did that add anything to the movie? What, the Zords? The fact that they had new Zords. Oh, these are new Zords? So as a kid. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. Like, so they traded, but like, like they traded up dinosaurs for animals. For animals. For yeah. like just sti- like a frog, right? And a crane. Like you know what the fuck a crane is when you're a kid. That that that, that threw me through as a kid. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Look at these swords. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was it was live action Voltron, which was one thing. Like when they're sliding into the swords, I was like, oh fuck, this is like Voltron. But uh, even while I've watched some of like the Sentai like quick clip videos and the whole thing is it a thing? It's like it's like them playing with like plastic toys. This is the aesthetic, but it's on purpose. You know all their guns and mean? things like oh, yeah, in yeah. the show. It just looks like it's a big toy commercial, and they're just like plastic laser toy well, guns. It is for kids. Yeah. It's for kids. I mean, the thing too is, as a kid, they made you buy all the individual. There it is. Animals. There, this or is just the toy commercial. Dinosaurs. And then you had to, they would connect and then you could create a Megazord. And then they add add ons to it. It was, it was perfect kid yeah, market. Just like, I mean, it's Voltron all over again. And the toys were absolute dog The shit. toys were bad. Like the figures suck and the Zord suck. Like, the, Anthony doesn't know because he didn't have Voltron. But Voltron's like, the best. When you got that, Voltron was $300. Die cast metal. It was made out of metal. Yeah. And it fucking was beautiful. It really is. Nice. And it still is beautiful. I would buy that and, if I could find it. And these things were such pieces of shit because I was like, oh, quick, you know, they don't make Voltron toys anymore. Maybe I'll buy a Megazord. So I went to the toy store going, let me see. What the, and I'm like, I'm not buying this. It doesn't. I mean, it's obviously made for. I mean, when I bought Voltron, I was a kid yeah, and yeah. I, you know, but there was, uh, it was a completely different aesthetic. So I, I didn't even like the toy. I mean, what do you think? Like, it's it's kind of an art, like this performance, this kind of Sentai performance, like the way, like you have wait, to. Wait, wait, wait. Ar- this in this movie? Well, I'm talking about uh, Power Rangers in general, oh. the, the whole genre where you have to make a movement with every word you say because your face is completely covered. Yep, Otherwise, yeah, how else how will people know you're talking? Yeah. So it, I mean, it's very, yeah, it's very Japanese. It's very Japanese. Ninja Turtles did a lot of that, too. Pantomime. Oh, no. that's a good point. But their mouths moved and shit. Yeah, yes. I, you know, I totally. That's a great point. I totally forgot that Ninja Turtles came out and Ninja Turtles five at least, years before. Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. At least, and the first one had a very dark undertone. Yeah, yeah. They kind of elevated um, it a they, little but bit. But then the, the next two, that the, the third one's just awful. Yeah. yeah, but this is just. I mean, at least that you know they they kind of made it a little more sophisticated Ninja Turtles to where parents and adults go watch it. This is clearly just they don't give a shit about the parents. Well, th- this is yeah, this is clearly just schlock. I mean, they're, at least with Ninja Turtles, it, you were it was legitimately funny. There was great line, like Michelangelo and uh, uh, what's his name, 
Who's the guy that loves pizza? Michelangelo. Michelangelo, he's, yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. And then the, the little rivalry with Raphael and Leonardo, where this, this is just... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not even... They're not characters. They're, 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 they're not people. They're just, yeah, they're, like, they're these, just turning the schlock yes. up to 11. That's why I, Ivan Ooze has like the most personality in this whole movie. Which is, He's actually the best thing is. in the movie. He is. I loved Ivan. Every time Ivan Ooze was on, was hilarious. Let me ask you this. So in the movie, Ooze comes out, and then he has this Ooze that mind controls people and adults and parents and somehow has time to open up a production facility that puts them in bottles and has a graphic designer with labels on the bottles and get them out, gets a distributor. Like he went on shark tank and got a distributor, made a deal. And the shit is everywhere. I was just, I was very question question how this happened. How does that happen? Listen, (laughs) you got a guy that's got the power to have produce Unlimited amounts of purple bukkake. To He's got mind control, but yet the kid <laughs> just uh, whistles and he snaps all the kids out of the mind control. Like, oh shit! That's that's how you get snapped out of the mind control. <laughs> and the kids are holding the parents back. Anyways, it's fucking Power Rangers. Oh, I just just maybe remind me of when the lady in the bikini takes the uh, the things and spins them around and makes a noise and it annoys the birds and they run away. <laughs> she defeats all the birds with. With, what the hell is that weapon? What is that thing? I don't know. It's like a, it's like a whistle through a staff. <laughs> oh, it was like a flute thing. I also love how yeah. he threw uh, in the beginning where he throws his sword, but there's a laser at the end of the sword. So why didn't you just make it a laser? I, I, my uh, favorite ridiculous thing is the um, the batter, like the Batman type uh What's it called? Where he like where he, you can latch oh, onto something. The, the grappling gun, where it's really grappling slow gun. wire work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really. Yeah, they announce it, and then it goes, yeah. and he just slowly sliding up towards his enemies. Like, I, I kind of love all the fun corkscrew kicks and the really bad wire work. Like, I, I mean, the White Ranger has a yeah. some wire work where he's just literally kicking yes. in air, it's yes. perpendicular yeah. to the ground. Yeah. I just was, I was trying to figure out what this whole Ninjetti thing was. Ninjetti? Anthony, can you explain Ninjetti? What was Ninjetti? Oh, dude, I, what does Ninjetti mean to you? Like, when you were a kid, what did you think? Dude, were you excited you, you by care? Ninjetti? Like, these, they're going to get new powers? I, I was, I, as a kid, I just went, that's a great word. <laughs> Ninjetti! <laughs> yes! They're cool. Yes. Ninjetti. <laughs> uh, I just think, like, okay, they go to the planet, yeah. right? Then they get the dust, and then the dust produces like the like, it gives you your your astrological sign or whatever that you, your powers your are animal supposed totem, to be. Yes, and then you got to walk to that tower, and then when you get there, it tests you right by producing other things for you to kill. Also, they said everyone who's tried this has perished. You, it's very dangerous. So then they ended up. Uh, defeating these yeah, the fucking weird looking thing yeah. and then they just automatically get ninjetti power and she's like ninjetti also the dinosaur bones that came to life where do the zords come from the zord well where were they they came at the very end when they needed them were they just hanging out in space somewhere like I, they came out of nowhere ninjetti zords they were ninjetti zords magic they're magic i do really want them to make a live action voltron after watching I felt this like there was a whole piece of the movie missing there it wasn't missing Nobody gave a Nobody fuck. Nobody made it. No, if yeah, you have yeah. a dad and a kid that you just don't care about, it's hilarious. Like, yeah, why are they in the movie? That whole story. Why is was... he not folding shirts at the sto- shore store? Yes. And w- <laughs> why wouldn't uh, Ooze use the parents to do stuff instead of like he's just like, oh, go kill yourself? Like you got a whole oh, army. Man, I, there... I would love <laughs> to somehow uh, edit Jersey Shore into this movie and make it. Better. That could go viral, rugs. 
Oh I love when God. they backflip instead of run. It's a great. But, I mean, here's the thing. Does it even matter that it's a bad movie? Because they knew exactly who who their, their audience I, was. I just think it's – like, Power Rangers is a thing, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a huge worldwide thing. And for this movie to be this bad, it just – I don't – I it boggles my mind. I'm like, how could they have fucking screwed this up? Like, I mean – I mean, they did it. I mean, it made its money back. Again, Anthony was happy when he saw it. But I mean, like, it doesn't stand the test of time. It does not. It does not. In any shape or form. No, it's. I mean, the yeah. only thing it's got going for it is Amy Jo Johnson with her belly shirt on. And, and then they'll the say uh, it's fucking hot, bro. That's it. Say, uh, it's let, let, let me make one more comment. Yeah. Um, this is this was something I, I saw in another review and I was like, oh, that's genius. <laughs> That's great. The music cues in this are so funny. Yeah, uh, the, oh, they were they were like they were using some like classic rock here. Oh, they opened with the uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Higher Ground. Well, that one. Yeah. But then the the first fight scene is like action boy now, <laughs> oh, yeah. action girl now. Yeah, that's and right. Then, and then the last music cue or the music suddenly the movie like becomes an eighties movie, and they start playing some sort of eighties music where they're looking at the fireworks. Oh, uh, yes, that? yes. It's like an 80s, typical 80s ballad like, You're movie. Us yes. One yes. dream we're made of. God, if this movie came out 10 years earlier, I could excuse all of these things. But, but this is a movie in the mid 90s. Yeah, it's 1995. <laughs> it makes no sense. And you got Go Go Power Rangers. That's still pretty catchy. No, yeah, the, go, the Go Go Power Rangers is, is an all time. Oh, let me ask you this. What about this? Aye, 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 aye. Anybody, what is that? Why is he? Oh, that the Holy Alpha shit, 5 always Alpha does 5. that. He, that's that's his. The, the, if you watch a show, he does it all. The time. I figured he did it, but he did it a lot. The thing I didn't understand is why does Zordon look different when he's when he's he in the like st- a fat guy when he looks like when he's in the tube, and when he's laying there, he's all, like yeah, he looks different. He, yeah, he I looks didn't understand like, that either. As a even as a kid, I went, what? "That's there's something wrong here." Terribly <laughs> inconsistent. <laughs> I heard his lips supposed to not match up to what he's saying sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. I don't think they really checked for that. There's no- you, they <laughs> did that on purpose with the. Uh, Rita Repulsa and Goldar and all that stuff because uh, those are different people voicing them. It, because in in the Sentai series, they're all Japanese. they're all Japanese actors. Oh right, yeah. I like Rita Repulsa. So they're, they're dubbed. Their their voices are always dubbed. She's a sassy. Rita Repulsa. Right. Can you can you believe that Brian Cranston played Zordon in, uh, in the new one? In the new one, yeah. So the new one is forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, five point two. The new one, the new one is Not much of a as difference. Good as like the the amount better that that movie is to yeah. this is like leaps and bounds. Wow, it's actually you know you can watch it. I mean, it's very formulaic and it's underwhelming. Um, the, well, obviously, uh, better production and effects and the suits. There's so many. The thing that you remember about the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or they call it Power Rangers, I yeah. think, is that it's like there's like at least I'm gonna say ten references to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it's like okay. a commercial for Krispy Kreme. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually remember a lot of those. Uh, I got to share some of these uh, reviews from back in the day. This is Roger Ebert. Oh, God. <laughs> Gave it only half a star out of four, saying that it is, quote, as close as you can get to absolute nothing and still have a product to project <laughs> on screen. Wow. That's, That's dead comparing on. Comparing it to synthetic foods and brightly marketed packaging with no nutritional content. Yeah, that's it's, actually a, it's, it's actually a good, yeah. I, like a good review in that 
the the movie the reason why it was that this bad is that it was just a product. Yes, they literally were like, just make something. People will eat it up. We have to continue the brand. Yeah, just keep it going. I mean, like, this is the thing. There's, like, B-movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Toxic Avenger that are better than this movie. There's, like, terrible movies well, that are actually more watchable than this. The funny thing, though, is, like, it's a B-movie. Like, it's a, definitely a B-movie. But maybe I'm wrong. And this is maybe my childhood nostalgia. <laughs> but I felt like that was an A, almost an A property at that time. Like it could have been something. They, I mean, they yeah. they were huge. Especially it was for kids. huge yeah. for kids. It was kids huge loved for kids. It. Yes. Yeah. The awareness and the, the 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 popularity was there, and they barely it deserved better than this. Yeah, that's they didn't I'm care saying. to yeah. capitalize on it too much at all. They were like, well, well they did. They just didn't know how to do it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I think they wanted to capitalize on it, or they wouldn't make the movie. I just don't think the people behind making the movie had any sort of creativity other than just put something out. I mean, it's also a rare case where you have the TV actors in the movie also, you know, like was, your Star uh, Treks and shit. Was the lady different from the show? Yeah, right. Which lady? The evil lady. I forgot her name. Rita, Rita Repulsa? Repulsa? Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. It was a different actress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't figure out why that was different as a kid. You're like, what happened to Rita Repulsa? Yeah, like, why does she look different? Zordon looked the same. Was that the same guy? What and what? Zordon? Yeah. I don't think Zordon was the same either. What about either. Bulk and Skull? Those were the same. Those were the same. Those were the actual Balkan Skull. Those Balkan Skull were the actual same. Were you? Did you like Balkan Skull? What was their roles on the show? They were the same guys. They were like like dumb comic relief. (laughs) Dummy, dumb bullies. (laughs) They jump out of the plane and like the the. the They were basically the addition. Them and putting it like in the high school setting was like the American way. The way they they Americanized it. Uh, Okay. Uh, well, I, you know, there's a. I put a video in the show notes. There's a video that shows you. It's like eight minutes, and it shows you clips from all the Super Sentai series from Japan from '75 to now. And you see, like, sometimes the kids are younger, uh, sometimes they're in high school, and then you see the graphics get better, and you see like there's video game stuff. It's actually kind of neat to see the way it developed in Japan. Uh, but it was always the same kind of like animal avatars and uh, yeah. stuff. So. When I used to uh, spend a lot of time in the comic book uh, conventions, yeah, I would see fan groups that were de- super dedicated, and these are grown people, grown ass <laughs> okay. people, into just the Japanese Super Sentai, not the American. Uh, they would like fucking. They would stick their middle fingers. Yeah, up they probably. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're like, "This is not Super Sentai. Man. This is the real yeah, one." So they they were like always telling me like the the the, the skinny on the Super Sentai being ten times better than the shit that they make here, and the at the American Power Rangers. Are uh, they beat Marvel to a post credit scene. I thought that was pretty progressive. There's a was the there's a little mid credit scene? scene where uh, Rita and the other dudes they were trapped in the snow globe. Oh yeah, they yeah. come back. Goldar oh, is seated Goldar on Lord Zed's the- throne. And- well, Ferris yeah. Bueller did a post credit <laughs> That's scene. true, yes. But uh, I- Goldar is seated Goldar, and then he's like, uh-oh, because they came oh. back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, the lines are so bad. It's a- So here's the other thing I noticed, though. This is why I asked, asked does it matter if the movie's even any good? Most of the reviews I see are people who are like, I loved this when I was a kid, and I just still love it. And they just, that's all, over and over again. Love this movie. Great memories watching it. I was a kid. Love this movie. Well, I feel. I feel like if you so, just the, in bringing childhood nostalgia. Yeah. It's even if something's bad yeah. as a kid. If you loved something as a kid, like I loved. Not only this, I've loved like Godzilla. Right. And even looking back, I'm gonna be like, yeah, those were bad. Yeah. 
but I don't like hate like I don't reverse my love for that either. It's a weird it, like it ingrains in you. I think when you find something as a kid that you love, yeah, you'll love it forever. Yeah, you know, like is I mean it's something for me even like you know like teams like I loved like the Bulls and the the, the Bears sure, and the Cubs sure. and I'll love those teams forever no even what, if they yeah. keep sucking. Yeah, I'll still love them. I don't know. It's for me when I was a kid. Remember what the the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man, yes. big like, white Afro Spider Man. I would Spider-Man. pray for that to come on TV yes. so I could see Spider Man. Yeah. And now I have no love for it at all. <laughs> oh, is it's that like, the Spider Man where it was from the seventies? Yes, where he yeah. shoots oh, that, a big rope. <laughs> okay, that I, I remember watching that as a kid and thinking this was bad. I I yeah. love that as a kid just because it was Spider Man. But now, do you have love like the same level of love for it, or are you still? No, can't I I think love? it's better than Power Rangers now. I don't know. <laughs> well, but just the thing you you watch see yeah. you watched Power Rangers yes. as an adult. Yes. It's tough to compare something yep. as an adult yep. to something you loved as a kid. Yep. It's just this. It's this a weird product. It, it, it's like a weird yeah. like time and space thing where you're like, this was like, and as a kid you real like you just are like this is amazing. Yeah. This is the best. <laughs> Everything is the best. <laughs> If you find something you're into and they make a movie on yeah. it, it's the best. They could have elevated a little bit, but clearly they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Just put some shit on screen. We're fine. Let's move on. We got to finish this season. I think I think it was a big misunderstanding of what the TV show really was. Oh, okay. Like, remember when you went to go see Transformers, the movie in the yeah. theater room, Ron? Like, the quality of the animation was, like, maybe a tad better, but, like... The scope of the movie, yes, the fact yes. that everybody dies. Yes, the scope was huge. It took. It was very serious. Yeah, and they just fucking. And this I mean, is an animation that would have been a way to do this, but I still feel like it no, stuck to the animation brand. Would've, Not an anim- animation yeah. would have been the wrong move. No, sure. you couldn't do Sentai in anime because it's all about men in suits. I just, yeah, you know, I think I, I like I said I give them credit for knowing their audience, knowing the brand. They stuck to it, but. No, I don't. I, I disagree you, what with you that, said Ron. is, yeah, outside of them not having the men in suits, they 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 veered they actually, away they actually, from it. They veered away from the brand. Where I was like, oh, well, this is like, I you know, I expected like a long episode of the show. Like they could have taken three episode arc of the show and just fucking made a movie. But uh, it's interesting that from uh, your perspective, they did veer away. So it's probably very. So, but everyone loved it universally back then. Well, no, not I mean the kids. Yeah. I, uh, me and all my friends loved it. No, I don't think any, any of the kids I don't that think... were like, "This is not my Power Rangers." <laughs> I mean, now, that, that's have... not a thing as a seven-year-old. No, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> did you have the Mandela effect when you watched it? Or Do you, you remember you things differently it? than <laughs> that were better uh, than when you, what actually happened? Yes. Uh, yes. No. Rewatching it, I was I rewatching the key parts. I went. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it that way. I remember. I don't remember the dialogue being this bad. And I don't remember, like the the over the top like yeah, every movement, yeah, like all that stuff. It's like, oh man, this is bad. You, this is actually legitimately lose. bad. You know, the one thing that did that to me. This is what I realized that I could love something on my kid, but you got, was fucking watching the original MacGyver again. I remember as a kid thinking it was the most fucking clever shit. Oh, is it not clever? It is not good at all. Oh, have you see, watched I watched it? that as a kid, yeah. and I thought he was clever as no. fuck, so, and I haven't touched it since. I, I remember trying to watch an episode. I was like, wow, this is really bad. How did I think this guy was actually clever? It's not good. But you, you know forget. another show that I've watched yeah. that might not age very well yeah. is Xena. 
Oh, I thought no, that was pretty no, awesome. Don't tell me Xena Warrior Princess is not good. I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't wasn't there a Hercules? There was show Hercules too? first, and then Xena, or the other way. Around. I loved both oh, I, of those shows. I, me too. I used to I used watch Xena all the time. Do you think, you think they've still, aged well? Do you think it holds up? No, I mean, look. Um, I think that everything's changed in TV. It's like TV used to be dog shit. <laughs> so like, That's a good point. Now it's like legit. Like there's legit production value to stuff. Like you got to think about it. Like Xena was out on like channel. Uh, was it WB? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. And it was like when it was in the dregs. Where yeah. like like where like TV shows would go to die in syndication. Yeah. So they had like no money. And then they put this together, this action pack. Remember they had it with like William Shatner with some kind of fucking TV show. I forgot what it was. TJ Hooker. And they had they had Rising Sun. Remember that one Rising with like the Sun. guy who did karate. And then they had Xena. And then they did this. Then they did this like uh, myth mythological block with Hercules and Xena. And that caught yeah. on. Everything oh, else fell yeah. by the wayside. I think it was called Tech Wars with uh with William Shatner. Oh, Tech Wars. And then there was Rising Sun. I believe I loved Xena and Hercules. Was it called Rising Sun or something Suns? It was like something Vanishing Suns. Yes, Vanishing Sun, not Rising Sun. It, it was like a four. It was a four show block, and the, th- those two survived. And uh, and I like Xena. Actually, I think, uh, you know, you had Sam Raimi. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. It was it was a co producer? Yeah, Ted Raimi was on the show sometimes. And uh, there's a lot of the beginnings of. How like Buffy ended up coming into the into the fold yep, and all yep, that stuff yep, and the yep. episodic TV yep. that had like all this cast of characters. They had like and an Allison Hannigan like redhead side character too, similar to Buffy. Zena yeah. did. So uh Carl Urban got his start oh, there. Oh, that's right. It may hold up. This movie though, yeah. I love all the flipping. Like all they're just doing is you see shots fl- of them flipping over the camera uh for like twenty minutes. It's great. So I mean, for a low budget show, yeah. I think it'll it would. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's. I don't know. Rate it, Anthony. What would you give this movie okay. rating now? Okay, I'll do two. Okay. As a kid, yes. Ten out of ten. ten. Yes. Seven years old. Yes. Ten out of ten. As an adult, <laughs> thirty-one years old. Yes. I mean, this movie is about as close to a one or a two as you can get, right? I'd, go, I'd, I'd go, give it a zero. Okay. I mean, yeah, shit. <laughs> half a. I, I, would, yeah. I would go one and a half. How about that? Okay, that's fair. This is the this is the worst movie we've ever had to talk about. It's I don't even I can't even consider it a movie. I'm but sorry, yes. Ethan. If this is like, you got to be objective about this. <laughs> I mean, as a yes, Rugs, What's your number? Zero. I'm gonna say no. I'm not gonna give it a zero. I'll give it like like I was gonna give it a half point for Amy Jo Johnson and her belly shirt. I'm gonna give it another half point for the lady in the bikini Dulcia. that was the wizard. Yes. Dulcia. Yes. And I'll give it another half point for Paul Freeman. The guy who played I- Ivan Ivan Ooze. So all three of those things will give it at one and a half. Points. One and a half points. I'll give it two points. I'll give it a point for uh, Dulcea and a point for Ivan Ooze and uh, Keith and Denkinger. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for making us watch this. Yes. I never thought that I'd be going here. We're going to review Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 1995. But there you go. Thanks for your support. Uh, and if anybody else wants to put us through some torture, this is what I love about this tier of movies is that at least one of us will go through torture no matter what the movie is. <laughs> like it'll hit one of us. This time it backfired. Maybe the next movie we will get Anthony to watch something he doesn't yes. want to watch because that's always hilarious. But sign up for the Patreon. Ten bucks a month will get you 
a movie review. Good stuff, gang. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. So come by and say, what's up, motherfucker? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Show notes at jockinerd.com slash 280. We'll feature links to everything we talked about, how to get in touch, how to subscribe, uh, and more fun stuff. Follow us on Instagram and tell the world listener, help us spread the show. Shout out to Ray O'Neill and a couple other guys in the Facebook group. I see them sharing the show on their Facebook pages. I love when that happens. That's fantastic. More of that, please. Thanks for listening this week to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll you next time. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. See, you did like Power Rangers when you were an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that show. I love this movie. <laughs> That's the best.